Good day, and welcome to Far Reaches. We are four people from similar parts of the world who have wound up chasing different dreams and living different lives. We are Richard, Raleigh, Joel, and Micah. Richard and Micah are from Southeast Oregon, from two small ranching communities known as Pine Creek and Plush. Raleigh and Joel are from Northeast Oregon, from the Pendleton area. We met through college, mutual friends, and heard of stories of each other. Somehow wound up being at the same place at the same time. See, we live and work in different parts of the U.S. now and have all taken different paths to get to where we are. We all talk separately and live far apart. So we decided we should try and talk more together. We hope you come along and enjoy. Hey, greetings and... Ah, just greetings. Greetings to your mom and them. How's that sound? You know, we're still still searching for really what uh, 2021 was our uh, our slogan, or our motto, or how our official opening is going to be. So I'm I'm still I'm still working around that. Obviously, if you got suggestions, send them in. Probably tell you to go pound sand, but uh, what the hell? You, you tried, and that's all that really matters, right? Welcome once again to the Far Reaches podcast. We are your reachers. I'm Micah. There's Raleigh, Mr. Joel and the Richard. We are here to expound upon random topics and share some of our wisdom and thoughts, whether you want to hear them or not. But you're here listening to this, so I guess you're sort of consenting already. So welcome. We are, as always, found on all major podcast platforms and additionally on the YouTube, if you like to watch instead of just listen. Uh, We're definitely on there. So at all those sites, please make sure that you, of course, you like and you subscribe and you comment and you put that little that little bell on YouTube, you know, so you get an alert when these random videos come out uh, sometime between 6 a.m. Eastern and uh, 2 p.m. Pacific. So, uh, yeah, that way you're not too surprised and you're anticipating because a lot of times we're surprised when these things come out also. So welcome. We're going to kick it off. Uh, for those of you watching, Richard... Uh, Richard's gone Hollywood on us. He's got a full-on green room, and he's experimenting with different backgrounds. He's got uh, his ode to Lonesome Dove, or have you seen my contact, I think is what the guy is saying in the picture. So uh, I'm sure you're curious. Joel's got uh, the aqua vision on the background on his TV. It's like a giant uh, aquarium. It's very soothing. I like it. Uh Probably shifted a bit, uh, kind of a plainer background, and I still have my uh, some... I'll just call them my angry curtains. Some people just get angry over my uh, Paisley curtains and, and that's why I keep them. So uh, I'm almost as symmetrical as before. That drives Richard a little crazy. So that's good. Um, Richard, just so you know, I'm Richard, you're on mute too, by the way. I'm not sure if that's on purpose or not, but uh, yeah, I'm looking for some settings. There's gotta be a way I can adjust my camera. So what were you saying there, Brad Burr? It's asymmetric. The closet door's open. Yeah, good eye. And then uh, there's a... Uh, a little stand over on the uh, table too. So I try to shift it up a little bit for you. You know, you can see some of the whites on the cowhide on one side and not on the other. So uh, I'm, I'm baby stepping to it, you know, so it, it's the least I can do. So uh, this week, as in every week, we are brought to you by our extremely good friends in B&K Auto Salvage, located in the beautiful Grand Ronde Valley. That's Baker City and LeGrand and all up and down through there. And, and they cut a wide swath out through the Northwest. If you follow Bo and his uh, Scrap Confidential, he's wandering around all over the countryside into Idaho and all parts of Eastern Oregon. So uh, we thank them again for their 
their uh, dedication to what we do and help spread the word. So, you know, they have uh, over 1,200 used vehicles in stock and a large selection of four by four parts. And as I always say, during the wintertime, extremely good time to have those parts available or if you want to work on them in the summer, beat the rush. Uh, they are your Eastern Oregon one-stop scrap shopping area. So, uh, you know, they still have promo code. <laughs> Dutch, yes. Can you hear me? We got you. Joel, Joel I, is, uh, he's, are you still here live? I'm not a cat. He's not a cat. I was waiting for it. <laughs> Sorry. I think you have some kind of filter on there, Joel. There you go. So Joel's an attorney from Texas this week. Apparently we just did a great cat face. Um, yeah, where was I? Oh, yes, promo code REACHER. You get discounts on full parts and a bump in the scrap rates. Tell them I'm not a cat and I'm prepared to go on. Also, promo code REACHER. Uh, the bigger sale, the bigger the discount. That's B&K Auto Salvage and Recycling right there on Highway 203 outside of the big uh, local used auto parts and scrap metal dealer. There you go, 541-906-36744. Call and ask for the weather. They'll give it to you any time you're there. Guys, welcome. We've had our great fun. If you're not watching, you know, you really you're missing out. There's a lot of extra that goes on in the background. So break out the YouTube every once in a while. And, uh, you know, you can still put it in your pocket and still listen. But every once in a while, you might pull your phone out and be like, what are those maniacs doing now? So if you're not watching the YouTube channel, I think you're missing out on the next level of reacherness that we have to offer. So I'm just going to just going to throw that out there. So, guys, what's going on? It's time for our really my favorite part of this whole episode there you know we call it the reach around it's when we talk about our weekly updates and we kind of go around the horn with the reachers thus that's why it's called a reach around so uh, let's kick this reach around off with richard richard what's going on well i've had a traumatic week it's, it's been some ups and downs there huh home slice <laughs> no uh i'll start with the highlight and then I'll start with my general bitch about the week. Uh, so I uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was on LinkedIn, and there's this uh, very nice girl that's quit her job as a range rangeland specialist and pursued her own business building websites for people in agriculture. And she works her ass off. And uh, so SARS working her ass off and... Um, She's on every day with tips about websites and she's got all sorts of clients and everything and just lots of energy. So I called her up and I said, uh, hey, I got LinkedIn Live, um, which allows you to go live anytime you want, which not many people have. I yeah, said, totally. uh, why don't you uh, jump on a thing and we'll talk about getting people in agriculture to utilize social media and uh, the internet to get our story out. We can give them tips and pointers and talk about things we like. So we uh, did our pilot episode last week and it was pretty successful for right out of the gate. And then we did one last night and uh, really got some really good traction and responses. And uh, so that has uh, been a really nice thing. This girl, name? I have to give her credit. Did it What's know her me? name? Adam's off axe and uh, or ox or whatever. And uh, what's her name? Uh, Allie Robbins. Thank and you. she just jumped in with both feet. And that's uh, it takes a brave soul to do that with me. Definitely. Especially in live. So, 
but she uh, hit her stride and has been doing awesome. So uh, we're uh, going to do it next week. And uh, so now I'm, I'm, I'm getting overbooked with the social media and podcast stuff, but it's all right. And uh, the other thing is related. I uh, managed to make a whole bunch of people mad and get turned in by probably several, at least 70 people. And uh, I'm now several, at least 70, several is like two <laughs> or three. <laughs> I'm it's sorry. Whole town. You got yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plush and Adele <coughs> all called in at the same time. No, go ahead. So if you uh, follow me on uh, most well, I couldn't. I'm not. I can't stand Facebook, so I'm off of that. But if you follow me on the one social media platform I'm still on, I'm I wage a private one man war on third party certifications. It's and uh, this week I uh, gave about 70 people worst person in the world award for supporting a certification company called Regenerative Organic Certification, and this is about the most counterfeit group of people you've ever come across they're mostly backed by patagonia and uh yeah yeah, they're basically a marketing tool so that they can differentiate these different farmers in absolutely no anchor in real life agriculture but there are these people that just worship everything that they put out much like the savory institute which i dogged for probably a good year and a half and they finally started featuring ranchers and farmers over themselves and uh they've been following my uh rules not to get hounded whenever they screw up so i have been leaving them alone but this other group just hasn't quite got it through their head so anyways i uh apparently crossed some major lines this week and and now working my way out of linkedin jail back into uh normal linkedin and i know this all sounds not important but uh over oh, the I built up a pretty good following and um, talked to lots of people. So it's been a little bit tough uh, getting my message out after I really stepped in it. So I, I have to interject, Richard. It's extremely important. Uh, several reasons. A, I really, I think what you're talking about needs to be stated. And even if I didn't think that, I think it's important that you have the chance to. And it's interesting to watch people. I went back and read some of the comments. Um, this the utter indignancy that you are actually questioning something that they were doing or involved in. So I think there's, there's numerous fronts where I think it's imperative. You keep on keeping on. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, even though you might be in jail, I might be talking to a felon. I still applaud you. Uh, good, sir. So just saying, thank you. Had to be I said, I don't have the personality to shut up. That's what we like you. So, yeah, that's 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 a huge quality. I don't, think, I don't. I don't think it's going to get dialed down. So, I hope not. Uh, yeah, I think uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? I did check on their last post, and not one person I called out commented or liked that post. Has- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those of you, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, check out Richard's LinkedIn. And there's always interesting content and thoughts um, all over the board, which is what I appreciate about about Richard. But uh, yeah, it's good to steer the hornet's nest every once in a while. So harumph. I'll give you a good harumph for that. Thank you. Yes. Ross, 
What's going yeah. on, man? You got a weekly update up there, Home Slice? Oh, it's a pretty normal week up here. Um, snowing, getting a little winter finally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then uh, just got a few heifers trickling in, Kevin, and um, let's see. Was going to continue working on the bunkhouse, but uh, somehow underneath the backside of it, there's a crawl space that a skunk got into. And uh, I'm, I'm doing some uh, skunk removing here instead of uh, remodeling of the bunkhouse. And so until I get that smell out of the bunkhouse, I really don't care to work in there. So that's a little authentic <laughs> frontier interaction. Yeah, that's absolutely. A, that's an extra $40. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> so in lieu of working in the bunkhouse and been taking advantage of some non windy days and getting other little odd jobs done around the ranch and um, just kind of as as the wheel turns in the ranching business this time of year, you're half your day spent feeding cows and the other half, you try to get other things done before the cabin starts. So fixing shit you broke in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that and just, uh, shipping, shipping quite a bit of hay. Oh um, yeah. I got a guy come out of the Willamette Valley who is got a similar business to what I was running. Um, hay delivery business but prior to getting into what we're doing now but he uh he's going to be a great source and hard worker and uh, been good to deal with so um, looking forward to building a long-term relation with him and finding good homes in the valley for good eastern oregon mm -hmm. so outstanding that's a good conduit to have uh turned on there that's awesome yeah yeah and uh other than that just uh readjusting to having kel home and she's actually more like she's adjusting to putting up with me again so you know <laughs> right, starting uh, all over again for the first time yeah yeah no every, everything's everything's going good and just <laughs> waiting for the cabin slam to start here in a few weeks there's a great song on bob and tom um it starts out you know it's kind of uh kind of like a love song you know but it, it ends up like and i go into the bathroom but you're there and it's like everywhere around the house it's freaking hilarious yeah because they're both used to not being there so yep yeah didn't one of those guys just die recently who <clears throat> or was it chip or whoever's the who was the third guy in bob and tom not the woman there's bob and tom and chick chick, chick McGee. Yeah, didn't no. he die i think I chick think McGee so. died somebody died bob retired um Tom's still there. I just saw, I think this morning, Chick McGee's still there. Uh, oh, so they still do the show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They've added a couple of people. Josh Arnold's in the studio. Pat uh, Pat Daly's in there. Not Pat Daly. Anyways, a couple other guys, too. Tom's son, Willie's in there sometimes. So, You know the guy, you know the skit they do when they call in, they're like, first time caller, oh, yeah. long time listener. First time, long time, yeah. <laughs> I always thought that that guy sounds just like Raleigh. I bet Raleigh could do a fantastic impersonation of that guy and well, well hey hey that. hey say say that hey well hey there dr obvious <laughs> well hey there dr obvious hey caller yeah <laughs> they did the uh the too hot for tv or too hot for radio dr obvious one time when he's like or mr obvious and uh it's like he's all cussing and talking about gonna kick somebody's ass and 
making the connection and like, where's my goddamn orange smoothie? And it's the funniest shit you've ever heard, dude. It's so funny. But anyways, we just did five minutes on Bob and Tom and half the country doesn't know who the hell we're talking about. So yeah. <clears throat> anyways, I started that. I apologize. No, I don't. It's fun to talk about. Screw you guys. So yeah, <clears throat> that leads us right well into Mr. Joel's weekly update. What's going on there, Mr. Curran? Well, Jess is still out of town. Um, so we're on week two of that. It was kind of a, I don't know, part, part of me was looking forward to getting some alone time but yeah it gets old it gets pretty old pretty quick yeah, that turned so, into a, a loan yeah yeah <laughs> so it's, it's been a weird weird week uh just i haven't really done anything other than sit in the apartment read news looking at financial financial news mostly i've mostly tuned out politics and mm-hmm. uh, got out of the whole debate on what, what would you call it social awareness i suppose uh, yeah yeah i don't know i have to i have to really like force myself to watch a movie to distract myself from reading about the markets and stuff interesting it's good not very good be, about dividing my time i just if i'm into something i'll just spend all my time on it i can relate to that yeah it's a it's an admirable quality yeah focused determined yeah. that may be Every one of us on this podcast may have that problem. <laughs> Very <laughs> compulsive. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'd agree. Whatever we do, we pretty much do it. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, you can only run around your apartment in your underwear like Tom Cruise for so long, and then you kind of get bored, and then you play like you're home alone. And yeah, <clears throat> I'm pretty amazed at the at the mess I can make by myself. <laughs> <laughs> every day it's like <laughs> jesus christ i have to clean this up how this happen it's basically it's what life turns into is you just clean up from the last mess you made and wonder who's sneaking in and stirring shit up when you're not looking full-time job cleaning up after myself basically <laughs> yeah and if you get if you fall behind good lord you're done for yeah that's you gotta call on reinforcements or i just i just sell the house and leave and that happens usually so that's why i don't change jobs i just to sell my freaking house and go somewhere else yeah yeah you've had a lot of houses yeah i like it yeah it's a gypsy kind of spirit soul go see what's over there it was your house and the house you had in pendleton was enormous and there's just like nothing in there yeah it was the world's largest massive couch yeah (laughs) a punching bag i had the greatest office yeah i had a punching bag in my office it was great i had a heavy bag and a speed bag. That Olympic uh, beer pong table I had in the kitchen was pretty badass. And you're like, how old were you? Probably like 40 years old. And your bed, I don't think you had a bed frame. No, I didn't know. I was, yeah, early, late 30s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, yeah, box springs and a mattress on the floor. But Oh, I turned, like th- turned 38 this week. That's what happened. That's where I stayed when I went to the oil field. Before I left, we stayed in your apartment in Pendleton. My apartment or my house? Oh, you and Al? You were in the apartment. Yeah. No, no, no. I think you'd moved in there like in 2010. Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were there for a while. Yeah. Rawls was there for a while. Um, but yeah, it was a massive place, two bedrooms. That was it. It was hilarious. But we had a lot of fun there. Yeah. And, and nobody really cared. I didn't have a fancy bed frame. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So 
it uh it um <laughs> the only two-story place where i felt like i was still sleeping in the basement you're welcome yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was white too so it was sort of like you know white house west in pendleton yeah 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 so. many a long walks up that hill from the bar <laughs> yeah there's always a long way to get home there's no doubt about that yeah so <laughs> yeah plenty of time for good conversation between the bar and the home definitely some pontification yeah that, that'd be some great podcasting right there just call it walking home yeah joel yeah, yeah it would be great we have pretty much drop you off on the way yeah <laughs> there was one morning i lost my work phone on my truck home the night before and i'd fallen off a wall as i was careening home and uh i had to get up early the next morning in my jammies and go find my work phone so it was in somebody's yard um i found it though so luckily i could call it from my personal phone but uh, i remember one roundup when Poyo showed up there the next morning and lost his hat in somebody's front yard yeah that's yeah. a great Poyo story i was there yes yes I was there. there was like 15 of us just kind of in a zombie state in the front room and, and Poyo just kind of casually so i'm walking home from the bar last night and lost my hat i'm like what he had a black gold that's a 20x hat it's like really nice black gold hat yeah. And he's like, yeah, 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 sleeping in this, uh, in the park there. And uh, somebody, somebody called the ambulance on me, you know, and then I lost park. my hat. Yeah. And so I'm like, my park, oh, there's only a couple parks on the North Hill, especially. So we loaded Poyo up. We got to go find his hat, you know, drive all over all these parks, no hat anywhere. None of them look familiar. Turns out the crazy son bitch passed out in some lady's yard and she thought he was dead so she called the Bambalance, and when they showed up to get him, like, they freaking woke up, and he, like, just sloughed away, you know, like, Poyo's pretty big fella, so if he doesn't want to go in the ambulance, he's not going in the ambulance, but he lost his hat somewhere, and somehow made it, made it way back to my house, but it was just casual conversation, yeah, so that's on so-and-so, and yeah, yeah so I passed out in somebody's yard in the park last night, you know, lost my hat, you know, <laughs> Were you going to tell us? You're going to get dressed? Let's go find your hat, dude. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, Poyo. <laughs> I had several sales meetings that I finagled to be over Roundup, like the first couple of days. Like we'd go to Slack, right? Like we'd meet like Monday for sales meeting. And then we'd do part of Tuesday. And then we'd go to Slack. And boy, yeah, poor people were trying to come. We had a big dinner at Hamley's one night in the, in the wine room downstairs, you know? And uh, boy, it got full Western. Uh, I was left in charge of the tab. What can I say? And so, uh, yeah, some of my folks from out of town, like they were way up on top of North Main, like up in the wheat fields and shit, trying to figure out how to get to the house. Yeah, they all, they loved it, but they cussed me uh, at the same time. Yeah, but uh, it, was, it was pretty good. Yeah, so good I days. missed that house. It was pretty fun. A cool backyard, nice deck, broken hot tub. Yeah, it was it's worthy. And the little apartment downtown was pretty slick too. That was a nice little, much easier walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this segment brought to you by the Pendleton Chamber of Commerce for all your traveling and party needs. The Pendleton Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Good times. And, and uh, we just got a glance over, but yeah, it was Richard's, it was Joel's birthday and Richard's birthday recently. So I think Richard's was was it during our last podcast or right around it? And Joel's was a couple days ago as well. So happy birthday, you maniacs. Mine was on the 4th. The 4th? Was it that long ago? Yep. 
Yes, you'd know, wouldn't yep. you? Yeah, probably you'd know. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> and Joel, when was yours a couple days ago? And mine was on Super Bowl Sunday. That's so right. I remember texting you. you know, overshadowed happy, me. Happy a birthday. Bit. Yeah. And I took, I took the under. It? So two years ago, I thought I was 44. <laughs> Were you not? No. My mom goes, How old do you think you are? I said, 44. <laughs> and she goes, You're 43. I said, Couldn't. No. She's like, Do the math. And I, A, I should know. I was there. Did you yeah. think you started at one or something? With Richard, it makes sense. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, your mom probably has a little. You know, she remembers what was going I think on I that went, day. I think I went six years thinking I was a year older than I actually was. I don't know where I lost the year, but I don't know anymore until I stop and do the math. I honestly don't. Yeah, <laughs> I have no clue. Yeah, and I'm okay with that because I don't really care. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm 18 with a fake ID. So. That's Probably's over there. <laughs> Numerator, carry the one, niner. <laughs> I think I'm 42 or three. <laughs> After 40, you lose track. See, yep. totally. Yeah. There's no real incentive. I mean, you've pretty much maxed out the insurance discounts. Uh, everybody's talking about midlife crisis and shit. Uh, yeah. Who cares? So I totally I think agree. it was about 35. This is before I met my wife, if she's listening. Yes, dear. But you'd meet somebody and you'd be talking to her and you'd get up to the thing about age and you'd be like, yeah, you know, I don't care how old you are if you don't care how old I am. <laughs> and sometimes she was way younger and sometimes she's way older. It didn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe you get used to it, but <clears throat> as a, I, I just turned 38, but I think what it is, you don't, your age doesn't cross your mind for so many months and then. Every once in a while, I'll think, oh, I'm 37. Fuck. 37. Like, yeah, yeah. It's almost 40. God That's damn it. A, then after that, you're pretty much shit out of luck, man. Yeah, yeah I'm like on the, you're, we're on the downhill side, essentially. Right? Some would I say, just, yeah. I think the last time I, I worried somebody, about my age. I just saw an article this week that said somebody that's living today, they think that science will let them live till they're 1,000. Hmm. So probably not us you might just be getting to start to climb the grade but i don't think i'd want to be a thousand really it depends on how i was doing when i was a thousand yeah just saying uh, you know was that ross llama that just the headless in the tank <laughs> yeah maybe it could be a blast yeah but could you still fart i mean what fun would that be yeah what i don't fart it's about for you that's controversial. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't even play with yourself for nothing either. Come on. What good that's would that be? I mean, that's not really you're alone. And you're just ahead. Like what else are you going to do? Maybe all it's do like larky yourself all day. Yeah. <laughs> Some balderdash. Yeah. So that's why you're always cleaning up the apartment, isn't it? Yeah. I thought so. Take <laughs> Viagra and just your nose hairs get stand up and your tongue gets hard. Today on Can You Jerk Off With This? We'll follow Joel around the house. <laughs> It's like that far side cartoon with like, he's got the duck in the lab, you know, and it's like all this shit checked up on the chalkboard, like ass and off a duck's back. No, yeah, like that. Sure enough. Yeah. Sure enough. You can. So yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> For I prefer the cheap shampoo to the expensive stuff. If you ask me. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking we should just warn everybody. I'm just gathering by the start. We're off to that. 
you might as well not expect much substance out of this podcast. <laughs> it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, if you're looking for kitchen tips, maybe Joel's got something for you you haven't thought about yet, but. <laughs> you guys want to talk about the, the that lady that washed her hair with Gorilla Glue? <laughs> Didn't she try to style it with Gorilla Glue? Oh, yeah, she, she like ran, ran out of her hairspray or whatever, so she thought I'll just use Gorilla Glue. I mean, why wouldn't you? And now she's like, she's going to sue Gorilla Glue. I mean, naturally, yeah, because they made a product, of course. Or the label only says, don't put it in your, don't ingest it, don't put it on your skin or like in your eyes. Doesn't yeah, say anything about hair. your hair. Yeah, obviously. Um, that says a lot about the world. I kept seeing that shit on like Instagram, like you know, and it's from Gorilla Glue, apparently, or maybe not. Like, we never thought we'd have to say this, but don't put our shit in your fucking hair. And that's kept I'm like, I'm almost like, where's this coming from? Because I don't really care about much other stuff. And I was like, what the hell are they talking about? Finally, somebody's like, dude, there's this chick that put it in her hair, and now obviously she's suing, and it's it's awful. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's what that's all about? Yeah. It, there was a ridiculous. There was one, yeah. There's somebody replied to that with a picture of a. There's like a oh, Gorilla Glue. Fire Marshal Bill. There's like a tape. Real uh, tape. Yeah. Can I wax my pussy with this? Yeah. <laughs> Just once. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably, <laughs> they probably use that shit for sex change operations. Gorilla tape is insane, dude. Yeah. That stuff don't come off. But do you really now have to list like everything not to do with something instead of just what it's for? Like that's impossible. Somebody like you didn't say. Yeah, that, that's the world we're in now. Litigious. That should be the word of the week, but um, it's not, but it should be. Yeah. What happened to like being responsible for your own self? Like, seriously. Wouldn't there like a million other things you'd try in the house if you're really that worried about your hair? Like, I don't know. I think Gorilla Glue would probably be up there. Just use less next time. Ah, yeah. That's it. No. <laughs> That doesn't matter. Water it down. (laughs) There you cut it down with something. Still, is it that important? Yeah. I mean, can you not like I don't know, put a scarf on your head and go to the store if you're really that desperate for your hair care products? Just saying. Never been that desperate for hair care products or pretty much anything. Yeah. Anyway, what'd you do this week? Did you already say? I don't think so. No, I didn't. No. Uh, the plumbing saga continued this week. I know it's riveting, but uh, yeah, it was myself and two plumbers were running around the house and uh, not in that way either, uh, but outside for a good three hours the other day. So that was highly entertaining. And, and we still really don't know much of anything, um, except now that the leak has apparently stopped somehow. And so uh, yeah, early this morning, I filled in about 10 holes in my yard we dug looking for pipes and shit the other day because it's stopped for now uh, i do still have to find out where it goes into my house and then work backwards from there but for the moment this is, uh yeah this is like that progressive commercial whatever it's like micah you you hired these guys yeah exactly <laughs> that's a is that spanner wrench yeah Why are you um, basically, helping them? yeah basically i just couldn't help it yeah so uh it's in my nature i had my shovel out and we were anyways yeah three hours of fun there so um but one of the plumbers didn't charge anything at all, which I thought was nice. And the other yeah. guy had a flat fee for doing, showing up and finding, doing leak detection. And so he drove from Tampa to come here and was here from like 2.30 till about six o'clock. 
So uh, I definitely got my money's worth out of that one. So, and we think we determined that it's not leaking in my house, which probably saves me roughly $10,000 because hopefully I don't have to repipe the house because I'm a Florida house and it's on a concrete slab. And so you have to replace all the pipe like down through the walls. And so you're taking off drywall and tile. And anyways, I have to do that at some point, but at this point we don't think that's where the leak's at. So you mean anyways, you don't worry about the frost line in Florida? You know, uh, that's the funny, I just couldn't help but laugh because we would literally dig down about six to eight inches and find the main line for the water, like all over. I'm like, sweet Lord. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> uh, in my country, as I told him, you know, I'm like, it's minimum three foot for any kind of like domestic water line, maybe six, but yeah. That's, that's sketchy. Yeah. That's if you're in a hurry, you know, like, oh, look at those slackers. But yeah, we're literally not even a full shovel depth and we're finding the main pipes and just kind of like, do, 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 like you can literally like stick a rod in the ground and find the pipes and just kind of walk along and stick it through the grass. It's hilarious. It's a totally different world. Yeah. So it's still a pain in the ass, but uh, it's not near the moat building that I was used to as my days of youth or even some of our random jobs we'd take in college there, Mr. <laughs> Richard. Damn, Mikey, you dig a good ditch. Richard, that's probably one of the nicest things anybody's ever told me. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. We drank more beer than it cost us to, that we got, then we got paid to dig the ditch. We could have just went and drank beer and made, come out ahead. Yeah. We shouldn't even talk about hauling hay then because we definitely <laughs> came out behind on that deal. Yeah. So good stories, though. I think that's really what, what you, know, you judge some shit is just good stories. Yeah. So there's that. But, uh, no, mostly just domestic random shit. It is uh, also Daytona 500 is this week, which is really awesome. Uh, I live about an hour and a half away from the Daytona 500. I might, I might see if I can even squirrel a ticket and go on Sunday. But they're racing tonight. It's actually rain delay, but I got it on my TV up here right now. And so if I get distracted, that's why. Um, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Other than that. Uh, what are they doing, happy hour now? They're doing the uh, some of the qualifying for uh, the, the Daytoner, as I call it. So they had the uh, one one sprint just a while ago, and then they've been some rain delay. So it's supposed to it's been eighty the past couple of days, and it's supposed to be sixty five or seventy in rain for the next week, basically. So what's going on with Florida? They're uh, see that they're threatening not to let Florida Floridians out of there. Yeah, I find that sort of ironic that, uh, you know, not letting people from another country come here was the worst thing ever. Um, and now apparently we can talk about restricting travel within the country. So uh, interesting. Yeah. Apparently because we're happy and healthy, we shouldn't be going anywhere else, I suppose. Yeah. Pretty hypocritical of uh, uh, severely, I think. The current administration hypocritical i think uh is the word of the millennium uh from those sons of bitches and so uh yeah yeah it's been entertaining though i noticed a lot of people were pointing out all the the maniacs not wearing masks at the super bowl and celebrations and stuff like that it's like, yeah uh, it's florida dude we, we don't do that here so pound sand that damn tom dude. brady yes i love that brady's been running around for weeks without a mask on and just driving everybody ape shit so and and day drinking which I mean, you win your seventh Super Bowl 
you're day drinking. I think that's important. Yeah. So congratulations day to them. Before or after the Super Bowl? <laughs> Maybe at halftime. I don't know. Yeah. It's kicking it old school. But uh, yeah, they definitely uh, had their parade on the water. I think they had some boats and they were floating around the canals down there in the bay. And so throwing the Super Bowl trophy back and forth between different boats. I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, so they stirred up some stuff with that. So now other parts of the country might have to wear three masks or something. And so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. so the Sorry. CDC yeah. is now recommending everybody wear two masks. Um, and I think it just uh, now I'm kind of back to the point of like, do these fucking things even work at all? Like, so exactly what we've been saying, we were like, do masks even work? So they've s- sort of admitted by saying that you need to wear two masks to reduce your risk. Uh, they've basically mm-hmm. admitted that, okay, so one mask doesn't work is what you're saying. At the very beginning, if you recall, no mask was required. That's ridiculous. It doesn't do any good. Um, and then obviously somebody got to somebody and then we had to wear one or supposed to or face covering as they call it. And then just recently now it was kind of like, well, maybe you should do two. Um, oh, by the way, we have to stick something up your ass now to find this disease. Because um, this thing is so contagious that I either have to put a swab nine inches up your head or go up your ass. I thought that was a meme. Now. That's a real no. thing. It's true. Yes. That's not a no. meme. I mean, there might be a meme of it, but no, that's, that's one of the recommended ways now to find it is in the arse. Yeah. So I think there's right. It'll be interesting to see because right now I feel like there's a pretty healthy um, reluctance to accept two masks, but it'll be interesting. I bet, you know, like give it two weeks and Oh, I think some people are just pretty soon. People are going to be being like, "Hey, you only have one mask on." (laughs) I liken it to those guys in college that were like, "Oh, it's a double bagger." (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing I thought when I heard it. First, I thought it was a joke. Then I said, "Then I found out they're deadly serious about it." I was like, "That's like wearing two condoms." Mm -hmm. That's actually dangerous to wear two condoms because they're frictional. Cause them both to tear. On today's edition of Shit Joel's Learn this week, don't wear two condoms. Yeah. <laughs> Birds. <laughs> I think. I mean, I clearly have no experience with condoms. Obviously. Yeah, I got to no. get it. I should have mentioned this before, but there's a comedian named Ben Brainard, and he does this skit where he's Florida. And he's also, he represents like, the, he acts like the state. And then he also, then he dresses in a suit and he pretends like he's Washington, D.C. Oh my God. And then he brings in all these other states. And he's got this whole line of skits and they're hilarious. So, anyways, was I got to watch that. Yeah. Is it YouTube? Is it on YouTube, Richard? It's on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I just looked it up because it's worth a watch. That sounds entertaining. Yeah. It does. I, um, uh... Yeah, every day it gets more crazy. I, I don't know what they're what uh, what's next or who's going to listen. Um, yeah, I, I do like the fact that they're calling for people to go go back to school because that, that's 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 causing more damage than we're going to know for a long time. But that is, that is not healthy, um, and there's little to no risk, or it's way less risk most of the time that I've seen the numbers of kids being in school than being anywhere else. So yeah. And, yeah, I've even seen celebrities on the, the Instagram calling for that, which I find 
interesting. Good thing about not having kids is you don't have to worry about what other people's kids are doing. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you will eventually because they're probably going to rob you or live in your house. So yeah, um, I just took the liberal point of view on that, but I think it's true. Yeah. Well, I'm still Sorry. living in other people's houses. <laughs> I'm still at that stage. Look at it this way. Your taxes are going to public schools that aren't being used right now anyway. So what the hell's wrong with that? That's a good There's point. the, yeah. yeah. A refund. Yeah, exactly. Shouldn't we get a refund? <clears throat> Bastards. Anyways, yeah, I think, uh, I hope, I sincerely hope in the next decade we can look back at this and just laugh. Maybe we'll be crying. Maybe we'll be hunkered around like Red Dawn for all I know, but uh, I hope it's the laugh. And it's not like the kind of laugh when you come home and your house is fucking burned down and your fire insurance is sitting on your front seat because you forgot to mail it. Not that kind of laugh. The kind of laugh where you're truly like, man, remember that shit? That's how I want to think about it. Yeah. Just saying. So, but anyways, uh, onward and upward, right? So, uh, yeah, because... <laughs> If you follow the logic, I got to go back to this real quick. One mask, no good. Two masks, better. Is, is it a three, three-bagger coming up pretty quick? Is that next? Obviously. Well, why don't they just make Somebody, the masks like thicker? Why don't, why don't they just make the mask have two or three layers? Because you probably couldn't breathe then, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> you know I mean, I guess that would cut down on infections. If you're fucking dead already, not much else to worry about. So I have a feeling none of you three have ever put on masks really do you no maybe richard you go around people don't you richard you go probably do you ever put on a mask? i mean i wear a neck gaiter and there's like one store i go to every once in a while that i have to put it up like mm, mm. like if you guys go to a grocery store like raleigh or richard do you guys put on a mask then uh just yeah. safely and if uh-huh. i go and sub and nobody's oh, ever said anything to you, Raleigh, for not putting one on. One person did. Yeah. No, Where are they buried? No. <laughs> I, mean, that I can't tell you that. I mean, I'll tell you off the air, but I can't tell you live. Yeah. I mean, uh, no. It's, I just, I didn't go back. I went to the UPS store a couple weeks ago. I used to get my mail there because I didn't have a place to live. And uh, getting a mail or mailing something or whatever. And of course, I didn't have a mask on. Person in front of me did. Uh, an older couple walked in and they were wearing a mask. And like the guy, like I held the door for him and you thought I would have shot his cat, you know. And so he like shuffles along the wall and standing like way over against the wall, which I'm like, whatever. And he's just like, he's not wearing a mask. Like, like he's got some kind of brilliant, you know, hypothesis. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sick. I don't need to wear a mask. I'm pro- perfectly ha- happy and fine. But you're not wearing a mask. Yes, we've established that so far. Congratulations, sir. And so he's just like over against the wall. I'm like, and you're more than six feet away. By all accounts, everybody's okay here. And he's just like looking at me and he's like, he's visibly angry. And then guess who walks in the door right after him? Two even older people than he is. Neither one of them wearing a mask. And so I just turn around and I'm like, yeah, apparently not wearing a mask is contagious too. So I shipped my package out and I walked out just laughing. So I was like, dude, I'm not breathing on you. Yes, you've made it very well known that I'm not wearing a mask and I wasn't denying it to begin with. You're more than six feet away and you're happy. So go on with your life, you know? 
I think the new uncomfortable conversation has moved from the mask to whether or not you are getting the vaccination. Yes, I think so too. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, hey, um, if you want to get vaccinated, rock on. I don't care. Um, I'm not getting in that line um, just because I, I never got any other shots for that. So I don't want this one either. And um, again, when you look at the survival rate overall, the potential side effects of the vaccine seem to be as bad or worse than maybe getting the disease. So, okay. And I, if you're a higher you, risk group, maybe go did ahead. You guys, did you guys know that uh, Hitler turned everybody against the Jews by telling them, by get, leading them to believe that they were infected with disease? Which was the kind of the base of that tweet that that gal put out that got her fucking canned. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great point, Rolls. Spooky, uh, but great. Yeah, because there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. History anymore. Yeah. There's a lot of things right now that coincide with the Hitler era. Which makes a lot of sense because they used to call Trump a Nazi, right? I think they still do. And if, you know, it's always pretty apparent that if that side of the aisle calls anybody anything or says they're doing something, it's because that's exactly what they are, in fact, doing. And so, yeah, makes perfect sense. The whole, the whole mask thing is just a shell game. That's the quickest way to see who's complacent and compliant when you look at a crowd. Pay attention to what we say, not what we do. That's for one. That's but my, I mean, that's, I was talking to a buddy when this first started coming out and he's like, ah, what's up with this? And I'm like, there's no faster way to look across the crowd and see who's drinking the Kool-Aid or not than that. So that was my theory on day one about the mask. Like you can instantly tell what's in Richard, <laughs> Richard's got, he must've got him like a fucking, a nice office chair because Richard's going up and down in the background and he's got his horse. But uh, yeah, I think that's one thing is who's going to well, put up it- with it. We can look across the crowd and see who's listening to our bullshit or not. It's interesting that the reaction to Tom Brady not wearing the mask because people are taking their shots at him, trying to get at him. But he Mm -hmm. is so above reproach. (laughs) Yeah. I can't go around without a mask on because I'm not as important as Tom Brady. Um, Who's more immune to people taking shots at him than Tom Brady? Tom yeah, Brady's never not had people take shots at him. Ironically enough, he's probably more popular now than he's ever been before, too. Yeah, yeah. all he did is get drunk. Even before that, like when they just won the Super Bowl, like even like when he went to Tampa Bay, I think, um, he gained some popularity. But it doesn't make yeah. – from even if you, you look what at a life. From, don't even get me started on that. But if you look at the – side, like they're fining coaches and stuff hundreds of thousands of dollars for not wearing a mask on the sidelines at football games. Like John Gruden got fined a hundred some thousand dollars. Like um, they're tested every day. The whole everybody in the building, from the janitor to the CEO, everybody's tested every single day. If you're positive, you're not anywhere around the game yet. You still have to wear a mask, and if you don't, you're bad. <clears throat> but even though they pull it down all the time and talk, and then they put it back up, and then it's half the time it's on their chin. And like, <clears throat> of anybody who's the quote unquote safest, it's those people who who are tested every single day and yet they still are whining about it. So again, it's about following the herd, you know, which never cared for. So Raleigh, is that a hatchet in your hand right now? Yeah. That's what I thought. That's a sweet, holy buckets. You can shave with that thing. Yeah. What is that? What's that called? 
my mother-in-law got me a matched set handmade knife and a hatchet for christmas falcon she does love you yeah they're it's really cool it's it it sits on my uh coffee table currently but uh yeah i was just sitting here playing with it listening to what you guys were saying but it is kind of a badass deal i'm gonna go ahead and make a scabbard for it and hang it on my saddle again it's more reason to watch us on the youtube that's that's a that's a nice shiny yeah and you could shave with it it looks like it yeah that's a hell of a piece of steel right there man and it's heavy i mean it looks like it's like it's a nice balance too though i'm yeah i might need a cigarette after seeing that i'm just saying yeah yeah there's a guy actually might as well give him a plug he's out of haynes oregon his name is john mabe m-a-b-e that makes them handmade I want to say, I'm pretty certain that they're made out of, um, he takes um, chainsaw chains. You say hot chainsaw blades or bars? Chain. And then uh, beats them down and makes makes cool little knives and hatchets and stuff. So damn snazzy. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you're listening or looking for a Christmas gift or gift for your someone special coming up. I'd certainly look there because that's some yeah. article. Yeah. And he makes pretty good. It's a combo. Um, oh, sweet. Kind of a deal that'll hang on your belt too. So you can pack them both at the same time. That's what he Thank puts you. them in. But, but yeah, no. Really. It's not cool come thing. with a mask holder if you're wondering. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you can uh, wear this around and nobody will question you about your mask. <laughs> yeah. You want to shit your pants about open carry? Yeah. Well, I'll just carry a knife. Don't worry about it. Yeah yeah i'm pretty sure that's illegal in new york city oh. i think anything over like a two inch blade is illegal that is that's about two inch blade that's so. illegal probably i gotta read you something too i saw earlier today it's just about how you how you frame a statement um because we're going down this rabbit hole anyways so you just you can just read it and figure out where they're coming from listen to this Kansas House Committee passes bill to automatically let people from other states carry hidden loaded guns in public, i.e. concealed carry is what that is, but it's... (laughs) Oh, yeah. So it's pretty obvious where this person who's quote-unquote reporting passes bill to automatically let people from other states carry hidden loaded guns in public. You bastards. How dare you? Just like Wyoming. Yeah, Totally. It's a right to carry state. And Utah just passed that, I think, also, if I'm not. It made it to the House. It's coming, um, and I think, in Utah also. As an IE, it's your constitutional right to carry, so you don't need a permit or permission to do it. I think South Dakota's that way, isn't it? I think it is. I think it might have been before Wyoming, even. Yeah, I believe so. Around, like, you guys, when I'm in Pendleton, I hear people talk about concealed carry a lot. <clears throat> but you never really know when somebody is carrying no i guess that's by design right and go around bragging about it but do you think generally do you think there's quite a few people when you're out and about with a gun on them yes i guarantee you in wyoming i think a lot of places Um, you think you're in pendleton yes yeah can you bring it into like the the bar into the rainbow Mm -hmm. yep yeah yep no, probably, probably shouldn't just because it's uh, well, if you want to, but I think you're 
there's a higher risk of idiocy. I'll put it that way. But uh, if you're going out to dinner, shit, yeah. I mean, a lot of people carry, and that's the whole point. You don't know um, that they are. So yeah, my favorite Wyoming story was uh, a guy tried to knock over a uh, <laughs> beauty salon. He thought it was a low risk target. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> a seven-eight-year-old woman shot him before he could get out the door. Yeah, everybody's packing their nineteen-gallon purse, dude. They probably got shotguns in those things, man. Yeah, like. <laughs> and that same week, they had a school shooting, and I was like, "Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is going to be bad for Wyoming." It was with a crossbow. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, so nobody could get up in arms about it. I thought it was. A I thought it was the state oh, where your gun rights are probably the greatest. And yeah. The only school shooting that happens with a crossbow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's, it's, uh, again, it's one of those things. It's people who are respecting the law and never broke anything are, are being punished for what people who do things illegally are. It's completely bass backwards. Yeah. So, man, we've had a good run already, and we're just not even through the weekly update yet. So. <laughs> Usually, the weekly update doesn't take a week. That's pretty cool. I think awesome conversation, though. I think this is why people tune in is for the randomness and our thoughts. Uh, bless their bless their twisted hearts, you know. Because oftentimes we say shit that other people are thinking or hadn't thought of yet. So, uh, I think that's good. That's what it's all about. It's what? yammering through it. I feel like where there's nothing really big going on, I feel like we're dying of a thousand cuts. Nothing really big. Uh, I will point out that the, I love this, I love the narrative on the news. The second impeachment of President Trump is now going on. Um, I just have to say, because some channels don't have that. They just say impeachment of Donald J. Trump. And a lot of channels have to say the second impeachment of the former president. So, yeah. But other than that, yeah, it is death by... That's the whole thing. Do you, this ape shit we're in right now was initially two weeks for everybody's safety and good. Um, have you ever seen politics, a politician ever relinquish control that they have and ever go backwards with it? Like, ever? It takes some pretty serious shit to get that to stop. So, um, not to cheer everybody up, but uh, just imagine if let's say March 15th, the last year, you can say, oh yeah, guess what kids, next February, uh, this is still going on. And now it's a two masker deal. Uh, we don't, we just said, oh, you're out of your freaking gourd, man. So um, never say never, I guess, but it, it's just going to keep more and more people stopping and saying, are you shitting me? Uh, because where that's happening at, life's going on. So uh, it's, I get the feeling sometimes that we are an experimental planet for some aliens that are just laughing their ass off right now. So. <laughs> oh, this is a, one last little news bit of crazy stuff going on. Um, Robert Kennedy, Robert yeah. Kennedy was kicked off of Instagram today. Mm -hmm. So we're, if the Kennedys are getting kicked off social platform, then it's, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and the person I guess that's Project Veritas, they were shut down as well. 
Um, I think the quote was because they are they are known to uh, propagate false information. That was the, that was the reasoning, like known to propagate false information. Like a, there was no specific instance, and b, uh, just because you say something's false doesn't mean it is, and they just record, because it is doesn't mean it's bad. Go ahead. They record people candidly speaking. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's uh, that's misinformation. Yeah, that's one of the the dirtiest words now. Now is disinformation, which again I point out. When people are saying that somebody else is doing it, they're usually the ones doing it. That seems there's a lot of examples of that. So when they're talking about shutting other people down because of their misinformation, it's that old thing. When you point a finger at somebody, there's uh, there's three uh, back at you. So uh, it's just, that part just scares the bejesus out of me because just because somebody says that's misinformation and they remove the ability to say it, that is absolutely insanity because. A, it's their right to talk about it. B, it's our job to cipher it through and decide if it's real or bullshit. That's the whole point. That's each individual's right and responsibility to say, hey, that makes sense or that's a bunch of crap. Um, you know. And so that's the scary part about all of this is they're taking away that ability of people to have any thought. And that's why you have people suing Gorilla Glue for one, but a whole other level of importance too about if only thing you hear is what somebody else thinks you should hear, that goes bad quick, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. It just reminded me of something that I, I saw today. So there's this place called the Neiman lab <clears throat> and uh, it's a journalism consortium type deal affiliated oh, wow. with Harvard, with Harvard. Um, they, and then for everybody else, there's this new like social media platform that's in the news a lot lately called clubhouse. Um, hmm. And it's brand new, like you have to be invited to join it at that stage. And what it is, it's um, uh, sort of like Zoom without, I think, without the camera. And it can't be recorded. You have to be invited into it. Um, so essentially, like people, famous people are getting together and they're discussing a topic. And then other people can join and just listen to them. Um, I, got, I got invited so to be a speaker today. Oh, nice. Kinky. Kinky. If you have a if you have an invitation to give out, give me one, uh, please. So. I'm supposed to be receiving it three times. Cool. The little hornet's nest that I kicked up today, I get to get on and talk to a whole bunch of people on Clubhouse. See, told you it was a good thing. Anyways, so Neiman Lab tweeted: Clubhouse poses major challenges for fact checkers since it doesn't keep old posts, audio files, or allow users to record conversations. <laughs> and I saw, I guess somebody I follow said, uh, uh, AKA bedroom curtains pose major challenges to those who are curious about what the heck is going on. Yeah, God forbid people get together and talk. Journalists are like, well, how can we do yeah, our fact check? We can't regulate what's that. being said that way, you yeah. a-holes. Exactly. You were talking about the name. I'm like, oh my, what a great, what a great name for a, a platform. It's Clubhouse. You know, like you gotta, you gotta have an invite. You gotta have the secret code, and then there's no recording of what we're talking about. You know, it's like, yeah, that's where we're, we're going underground now with with free speech. What in the hell? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
just because you deem it hate hate speech or whatever they're i don't know they have these buzzwords now about it. basically if you disagree with somebody um then yeah obviously you're you're the most evil person ever and need to be shut down I'm like hey let me just break something here to you it's hey it's just words man for one like seriously if you really break it down it's just a word so relax i'm just saying you know and if a word causes a stir there's a reason it's not the word that caused it it's all the underlying shit that the word mentions you know so again it's not the word it's all under there already um you know just that's the sad part this huge sad part the concerning part too um you know we'll find a way uh we always do but uh i just i don't know why some people aren't really more alarmed or concerned about it or why we're not really hearing about it that's the other part so I wonder yeah, why. It yeah. Seems to me like I think the left is the left and the right's more of a circle and it's clockwise, counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. The left has just gone counterclockwise so far. They're fucking super right wing now. That's how far crazy they've gone. Yeah. When conservatives are talking about free speech and the rights, you know, it's like completely reversed from 40 years, you know. Um, yeah. which I always said, like, I always said, like, Democrats in the 60s would be Republicans now or 10 years ago. Um, dude, Richard's drinking out of a glass and it looks funky monkey on his green screen. That's some cool shit, Maynard. Again, reason to watch this on the YouTube. It looked like he was drinking. I'm going to make a cocktail. Okay. Like the alien or something was making him a, a drink. That's what it looked like, the alien in the jungle. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love it. I should have. Well, hell, Raul, everybody else has seen something disturbing. What did you just see disturbing this week? Disturbing? Yeah. I'm hard to get disturbed. Well, there's a pre-existing condition already. You know, so you're dealing with a pretty high baseline. Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't know. Not, I haven't really put myself in a place where I see a lot. So... I don't know what I would consider to be disturbing because I haven't paid real close to the attention to the news. That's probably good. Yeah, I try not to, but I'll end up watching Tucker or something. That usually gets me spun up. I get random things sent to me all the time on Messenger and various platforms, but I don't know. It's hard to tell what, what to believe, what not to believe. You try to read between the lines and see what what is possibly factual or not without being told whether or not it's a fact tremendous statement right there there's you so know. much idiocy on both sides really i hate to glump yeah. both sides but you know it, it seems like they're ha- there's trying to be a counterbalance for the some part of it's probably just for soothing to some regard some of the shit that people say on both sides but um uh, yeah we've got to the point we don't know what to believe or what's bullshit and, and your bullshit meter goes off the charts on both you know so yeah, I'm just That's glad that I think it'll be good, Rich. Good, Rawls. Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm glad that I live. You know, you have the the rural and the and the urban, and I don't live on the edge of of uh, the the urban whatsoever. I'm on the far edge of the rural, where I'm about to fall off the edge of the earth. So I'm in a good place, and I really could give a shit about a lot of what's going on. But I I do pay attention to it, but. We'll just see what comes of it. I think on average, a lot of people feel that way, though. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it. I worry more about our markets, especially in the ag industry, where they're headed. Yeah. What what uh, what our trade situations are. Um, probably my most concerning thing in the world right now would be what China's up to. So. Affirmative. Yeah. You know. I did. I did find it uh, funny this week that. Mark Cuban, who's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks NBA team, said that they, they weren't going to be playing the national anthem anymore before games. Uh, and then I think about a day later, he said that, uh, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> Apparently, we underestimated the passion of our fans for that exact activity. <laughs> yeah. He, he probably got a call from the NBA as well, I'm guessing. Yeah. He needed to be kicked in the nuts for that bullshit. I got to think, I thought it was a little, a little, I heard an interesting perspective on it, so bear with me. I think that it's probably right on cue with what actually happened. I think that the pledge of the Star Spangled Banner in sports, when everybody has to stand up, mm-hmm. had become such a giant pain in the ass for him. It wasn't unpatriotic. It was just like, I can't. You can't win one way or other. So the simplest thing to do is just not to do it. And then he ended up causing more, stirring more stuff than anything. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's because Mark Cuban's not patriotic. I just think he was trying to deal with a situation that didn't have any good solution. Yeah, but they're not having fans in the stands right there now. So that's part of the thing where you're like, I don't think it's really impacting that. So yeah, it was ill-timed. I'll put it that way. Um, I think they're still. It's not getting covered like I think it should be by the media, but I, from sources I've heard on other sports channels, NBA ratings are hurting for certain. Um, it should be. Yeah. So I think that was part of it too, but uh, we don't know. Nobody talks about it too much, but uh, there's some, some sports people that talk about it, even though they probably will get canceled or fired. But uh, yeah, that's a. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm Googling right now. Like, I, why Kinky. do we sing the the national anthem before every game i don't know do it on opening day that's enough you don't need to do it every single time i guess it gives somebody a platform to show off their voice and stuff i was just trying to google when that actually started i did hear at one point that it was mostly came to prominence after 9-11 no i don't know if that's true though for years that's like before baseball game uh before football yeah like um it used to be a huge part of the pageantry before a football game, especially. They had the big flag on the field and everybody's singing, and it's like a you're just basically being thankful for the chance you get to go watch these a-holes play sports. I mean, that was I think the big part of it is America, you know. I think so, we've we've moved so far as a society, we've moved so far from um actually it's a, it's a it's a show of respect is what it what it's about but we don't we're we're totally complacent in our society because what hardships have we gone through to form the society we get the luxury of living in now yep. none we haven't and and we've gotten to an era where people do not have a reason to respect what that national anthem means so it's to me i mean I don't know. It's it's a huge slap in the face of the United States of America and what what we started at and where we're at now. Um, we should still be respectful, but our 
for most of the younger generation in particular, we haven't had a reason to have respect for it. And, and it's a, we're pretty lucky to get to live where we live. And I think that we've lost track of that and lost sight of it. hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. There's been no, you're not really uh, hurting for much of all. You might think you are, but you're not, you yeah. know, um, it, so. like us for us, it seems like nine 11 wasn't that long ago. Um, we were already fully developed thinking wise almost. Uh, <clears throat> whereas like the people causing a lot of that noise on social media, those kids weren't even alive during mm-hmm. 11. So to them, they're like, what is this patriotism bullshit? But, but yeah, yeah but they didn't live through like the cold war and like the fall of communism and Russia. And like that was openly talked about like every day as part of America. Um, and we learned about it in school because it was the previous generation, obviously, with Bay of Pigs and all that stuff that was going on with the Cuban Missile Crisis and, you know, communism and tear down that wall, a Berlin Wall. That was taught actively as part of our history and what we have and what that was all about and what it means and the freedom that comes with it and why people fucking tie 18 bleach jugs together and try to leave Cuba uh, to get to Miami and die half the time, you know. Because guess what? It ain't that freaking good. So they've lost all that perspective of what that even means, you know? So I can remember being in grade school and, and I grew up in a little town of Helix, Oregon. And when you went to a high school basketball game, they played the national anthem and you stood up next to World War II vets. You stood up next to Korean vets. You stood up next to Vietnam vets. You stood up with people who had arms missing and things they'd fought for the rights that we have in this country. And it meant something to stand there for that song. It, it meant something to stand there as an American and, and the, yeah, we've got some wars and since nine 11 and, and there's been a lot of suffering and a lot of loss for people, but the sheer massive numbers of society that are so complacent to what that loss really is. It's just, it, it doesn't mean anything to a lot of people anymore. And it's sad. And hopefully someday they might need to be bailed out of a little pickle and they're going to rely on people that you better hope they still have a reason to fight for this country. Yeah. Yeah. Alienate the soldier enough. Like history, history repeats itself and we're heads down that taught. That's exactly why it's not being taught. Yeah. You know, and examples are all, I can't get over. Like I say it all the time. Like look at Venezuela if you want to look at what happens when it goes from a capitalist country to socialist country, that is the clearest example in modern history that we pretty much have, unless you count Detroit. I mean, that country is completely gone upside down, backwards and shitty, and people are dying to get out of there. Now that looks like that's a utopia, right? That's a perfect example of what happens. So why you need Bitcoin. (laughs) Certainly a component, Mr. Joel, the freedom to have Bitcoin. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, um, I've been thinking a lot about along these lines and, uh, I have the, I feel that I have, I'm sure there's other Americans that have this perspective, even though I wasn't in a war or anything or, um, but what I just a quick segue before I tell you what I was thinking. Um, so Charles Koch Sr., I don't know if that was his name, but Koch brother's father, mm-hmm. um, 
got caught up in the communist craze and he was in the oil refining business and he made the components for the different refineries. Anyways, the cartel of other companies in the United States collaborated with one another to shut him out of the market. So in the middle of the Cold War, he went over to Russia because that's the only place that he could sell his product to keep Coke alive and keep that plant in Wichita going. And when he came back from that experience, when they finally let it, he finally grew up, he finally grew Coke large enough that he could compete with this uh, cartel that had shut him out. And so he was able to come back. And then they just raked him over the coal for being a communist and for going over there and saving his business. But he came back and he started the John Birch Society, which is the impetus of the Libertarian Party. And okay. uh, he founded that. He found it, and then Charles and the Koch brothers paid for um, Reason Magazine to start. They pay, paid for a lot of the libertarian stuff. Uh, I can't, can't think of the other thing. Cato Institute. Oh, um, yeah. And Charles Koch has a really, um, yeah. So anyways, I was thinking about this book. He wrote, Charles Koch wrote a book that he tells this story and called Good Profit. And uh, it's a really insightful thought into his mind because it's so checkered by his father's experience when he had to sell stuff in Russia to survive and I got to thinking I didn't have to go to Russia to survive but I spent almost a year in Russia Mm -hmm. and it's insane and if you I mean just I think of this thing all the time I was driving and it was late at night I'd been over at one of the other ranches and I was driving back to my ranch and a guy ran into the side of my pickup. It was 40 below. He had no shirt on, no shoes on, and he was covered in blood. What are you going to do? <laughs> that's not. Speed away. I mean, that's so random. That... <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. There was nothing. Are you going to. How do you. What do you. How do you determine what was happening to that guy? Is there somebody chasing him? It's just such a random event. That happens in those countries all the time, and that's where we're headed. Yes. If you don't think we're going to get there really quick and really in a hurry, I think you're kidding yourself. And that's what I think about. All, as things get more disrupted and things get more organized, I think of the randomness that happens in all the time I lived in Russia. It's a different type of world, and that's where we're headed. If we don't figure this out and get back to – America that we're really good at being and we can be inclusive and we can watch out after people's rights and we can take care of, we can work on diversity but the way that we're swinging the pendulum now is going towards craziness chaos and just random unobliterated violence and with no reason and it just complete madness and I <laughs> that that is probably the most spooky thing to me right now. And it is like, it. I'm really internalizing it because when I left Russia, I thought, thank God I'm going back to the United States. Mm-hmm. And now I start seeing that we're forcing people that direction. And I'll tell you, it's no picnic and you can survive in it, but it's a whole different type of survival. That's my soapbox. It's a damn fine one. Yeah. Because it needs to be said and, you know, um, we're we're definitely not perfect we never have been and i i believe that we probably never will be because we're always evolving and changing for one but i still don't think there's any place better 
on the planet for anybody to be, no matter who you are or what you do, really. Um, you know, there's, there's nobody beating down the door to leave here to go anywhere else because it's so damn good there. Um, you know, you're, you're more than welcome to. Only That's the whole point. Maybe, but even then, it's there's some weird shit in Australia and New Zealand. Um, you know, gun laws are crazy. Like the government, like taxes, like your insurance. Like there's a lot of weird shit that doesn't really make sense to us um, that they've just grown up with. But um, yeah, if you have to, if I had to go live somewhere, I'd probably go to New Zealand. But um, Alaska would still be. Yeah, that's still like America. You're, you're, yeah. you're kind of running out of places. <laughs> I mean, once once a place is taken over by sort of that the virus of the current wokeness yeah things aren't going to get better it's, you're not going to snap out of that without a major generation defining event um which yeah but once you run you know the u.s is running out of spots to go and as a refuge um, alaska's mm-hmm. probably probably will be the last surviving or florida yeah strip land now florida will succumb to it yeah i'll, I'll... I'll secede. Yeah. I mean, I'll have to go to Texas or something. Yeah, we'll be all right. But there's Californians there too. Yeah. There's Californians there. It's you're you're right, Richard. It's uh and if people think they're all inclusive and happy now, guess what? As it goes farther and farther to the left, that's less inclusive. You just become a part of the person in the box. You're not a person anymore. You're just a, a check mark. You know, so uh, as long as you're not thinking and you're just following, that's what they're looking for. And, and that's not good. So it's so crazy. It just doesn't make any damn sense. Wow, <clears throat> man. <clears throat> Kids, everybody still listening? You having fun yet? This is what Far Reaches is all about. Talking it out. You might be driving down the road screaming at us right now. You might be going, hell yeah. You might be like, shut your yap. And either way. This is what people are thinking. So we're going to talk about it. So keep it running. Joel, you ready to talk about the, our entertainment spotlight and shed a little more light on uh, Margin Call? It was a good movie, even though I, I called it uh, the big short at the end of the last podcast, but it's I, I, uh, I changed that in the comments. It's Margin Call. So good movie, though. Yeah, I don't think I have much to say about it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had seen it before. Um, part of it is familiar, but it been a long time. Uh, I don't know. I didn't like how what was good about it is I think they represented what it was like, what it's like to actually be in the office environment better mm-hmm. than a lot of movies. But then it was a little preachy, little anti-bank, anti-financial markets, like how dangerous these people are and they don't give a shit about anybody. Yeah. Um, there was a Hollywood spin on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it wasn't technical at all. They didn't get any into any of the financial technicals. Which I think, not to bring it up, but The Big Short, I think, did a better job on that. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were just narrating and talking through a lot of that stuff that you, you've mentioned too as well. So, yeah, it was entertaining. I think um, something everybody needs to think about and see. But it was really timely as well. I think that was a that was a great part about it also. So. Anybody else see it? Yeah, I watched most of it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'd seen it a couple times already. I think that it was. What? Go ahead. 
I got a little bit of lag. I'll let Micah go. <laughs> no, go ahead, Richard. You were, you had something teed up. No, I think it was interesting. I think it was put. <laughs> close enough to when was it come out just of Enron in it and um, so it still was sort of colored with that mm. mentality that Enron had left us with I think they sort of portrayed that they tried to make that look that psychological screw with people thing put that on margin call for 2008 because they just seemed like Here's a villain. Here's a like Kenneth Lay and uh, Schilling. This is what they actually did. Let's just take it over here and project mm -hmm. it on these guys so that it seems worse than it probably was. But yeah, I think that's a good point too. It's somewhat reflective of the time it was in, and they were just transposing it on some other stuff. So uh, that's point well taken there. I can't remember because it was only two years before 2008 when uh, Enron sort of tipped over the car industry and everything, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought that was Enron was like early energy. 2000. Yeah, it was, I believe. Oh, four? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Joe, get the Google out. What to tell you? Yeah, doing mm. that. Could probably tell you something, you know, that you don't want to know, but. Um, was it was it 2001? That early? I thought that I was. Yeah, still... they went bankrupt in 2001. Oh, okay. Well, so it was right during the uh, dot com crash too. I think it was. Yeah. yeah, highly correlated, if I'm not mistaken. That's a good movie. What is that movie called? Like the smartest men in the room, or something like that. Yep. That's a good film. What's it called? Smartest man in the room? Yeah. I'm not sure I've seen that or not. I might have, but it doesn't ring a bell. Hmm. Cool. It's a great, it's a documentary. Oh, really? Oh, is it? What, what is the movie about Enron? I can't remember what the movie's called. The smartest man, the smartest people, the smartest, the smartest guys or something. There it is. We weren't there. I can't remember yeah. what the email movies were called. Yeah. Okay. It, it, yeah. It's yeah. It's a it's a um, documentary crime expose. <clears throat> it's a documentary crime so for, expose for the oil for any oil geeks in the uh, room. I have a great Enron story. Ooh, let it rip, Taylor. So there was a guy named. Uh, there was a guy named uh, Mike Popoff, and he was the other. There was three of them that started Enron, and he was the one. The Dan, I think it's Mike. I'm not sure. His last name was Popoff. Um, anyways, Big. he was the third of Lay, Skilly, and Popoff, and he took care of the oil and gas side of it. Um, sometime in the early 2000s. They came to him and said, or maybe the late 90s came to him and said, we're just going to go strictly to training oil and gas division. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. This is what I came here to run. 
they had a lot of holdings in the Barnett Shale, which is where uh, fracking and horizontal drilling. So he said, well, let me get, give me two days. And he got the vision from Enron. And um, can you not hear me? A lot of holes in your story. You, you, just, you randomly pause, a... like you pause and we don't hear. Like it's like a, oh. not a hole, like in bullshit. Like in... So he says, and then that's when I was like, well, obviously, you know, so we don't, mi we were missing some of the intermediate. Yeah. So. And up in the tree was a goddamn otter. <laughs> so, long start, long story short is he bought the oil and gas division from Enron. It became EOG and it was one of the instrumental companies in creating um, the shale revolution and it was it's one of the biggest ones in the United States today. Oh wow. And, uh, he left EOG and started another one called Centennial and he just left that but um, he was one of the he he and the um, Continental his name is oh, I can't I'm drawing a blank right now been out of the oil and gas for a while. Harold Ham, or yeah. And um, anyways, they uh, they were instrumental in creating horizontal drilling and they really probably could be credited with saving the 2000s. Yeah. Oil and gas. So something good did come out of Enron. It just not what you expected. And you don't hear about it either. Yeah. Talk about laying it on the block there. I'm just going to buy this and we're going to make it work anyways. That's pretty cool. Which Richard's conversation, I think, leads, as always, very well into our Far Reach's intellectual moment of the week, uh, brought to you again by our supremely good friends and sponsors at the Pendleton Mixer and Cigar, for those of you looking for a mixer or cigar or things to put with either, stop by there in downtown Pendleton and say, good day, shopkeep. I would like some Pendleton, some mixer and a cigar, and that's the old Reacher special right there, kids. So jump on in there and tell old shopkeep the Reachers sent you. So here's our intellectual moment. And again, I just sort of randomly picked these and something guides me to where we go. And it sort of relates to some of our previous conversation. Uh, but here's our quote we're gonna discuss briefly. If there's any correlation between the intellectual and the wise, it is that intellectuals tend to have less wisdom than those of much lesser academic credentials. That's by H. Melvin James, who is a uh, former like science and math teacher who started doing some literature writing. But basically, is it complicated? You got to read it again. Read it one more I shall, time. I shall. I guess I should send these to you. Guys I, I don't before. have the rewind button. You don't? Well. <laughs> if there's. <laughs> I can see somebody like smacking the tape deck in their car. Like, what the shit? Yeah. Uh, if there's any correlation between the intellectual and the wise, so he's obviously differentiating between being intellectual and being wise, it is that intellectuals tend to have less wisdom than those of much lesser academic credentials, i.e. just because you went to Harvard doesn't mean you're smarter than I am. So it, it inadvertently played in well, I think, with some of Richard's comments recently on the LinkedIn and then also just sort of our overall uh, environment, if you will, of uh, so-and-so's went to this school and says this, or you 
you didn't go to college, so you don't know that. Um, and so basically what he's saying is, you know, there's a difference between being intellectual and being wise. And, um, you know, usually the smart people are the ones that learned it the hard way, basically, in some sense as well. So I thought it interesting. Somewhat timely also, but. Uh, yeah. I'll tackle that. I have, a, I have some thoughts on that. I'd, I'd love um, to hear them. Absolutely. So when I first moved to New York, I was 22, 23 or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. About 15 or 16 years ago. And I lived with my aunt and uncle on the Upper East Side. Mm -hmm. And those are, you know, my uncle Harvey was University of Pennsylvania undergrad, Harvard Law, or not Harvard Law, Harvard Business School. Mm -hmm. My aunt Celia grew up in Pendleton. She went to U of O, and then she also went to Harvard Business School. Um their two sons one went to university of chicago the other went to upenn so ivy legs and ivy adjacent they also went to high schools and grade schools that were private that you know cost more to go there for one year to go to your high school than it did in my entire year to college right yeah <laughs> um the only thing that in my mind that sets them apart is that their parents pressure them enough and are successful enough to put them into private schools. Uh, and then, you know, 90% of them go to Ivy League schools or Ivy League adjacent schools. Uh, my thought was that I don't think that they're necessary. A lot of them are very smart. They're all really smart. They're plenty smart. But I don't think they're any smarter than you know, most people you meet in college normally. I think, mm -hmm. I don't think it matters that they went to Harvard other than the connections that they make. Absolutely. It, it's, you know, they uh, put that in the resume. And that used to piss off my aunt. You know, not my uncle so much, but my aunt would get really upset about that, that I didn't appreciate education. And unfortunately, you know, I'm in my early 20s and I didn't have much of an education coming out of Oregon State. I don't want to hammer my own argument, but uh, it doesn't mean I wasn't smart. I just didn't have the same dedication mm -hmm. to education that they did. And so I wasn't able to like articulate it and argue my side of it, but I just always knew instinctually, I think that, and just being around these people, like I, I my, some of my friends are way smarter than all these Ivy League people are meeting. Um, I think that's what the, Basically, yeah, that's uh, a certain uh, strong tone of it. And it's, you know, uh, we all have these they're varying degrees of you have the, the club, basically, because we went through the same thing. I went to Harvard, people, you know, went to Harvard. There's the club for that. There's the pathway for that. The, the connections that you have. That's the main reason people go to those colleges. Hey, it used to be because you probably thought you got a better education, but it's really about the doors that having that clubhouse membership opens. Um, you know, in, in our world, it's like, yeah, you used to live in the White House. So that was a club pathway of like, oh, cool. You know, there's, there's that to different degrees all around. Um, which is was one of the interesting things I always think about that is, is it's just to, it's really relative to what's around you to begin with and how it stratifies. But um, 
Well, some interesting comments, Joel, especially that, you know, did you mean that you didn't really care the fact that you didn't go to Harvard or you didn't really care about school in general, I guess? I'd, I'd ask you. <clears throat> well, there, there were just so many dinners that um, by living with them, I was just a part of these dinners and they definitely have a different level of discourse at them. Uh, but they're education snobs, a whole lot of them. Mm -hmm. um, and then after, you know, several whiskey cokes, I get fed up with it and get into arguments with 50 year olds that went to Harvard and have been successful yeah. in, in the real world. And I'm a 24 year old kid. I, I think you're wrong, but I, I can't explain to you. Why. I don't know why. Yeah. So, it, it, um, but yeah, and I still believe that. I think, uh, I think even the statistics will, will show you that, you know, I don't think, it, you know, if you can get into an Ivy League school and you don't go, your outcome is going to be about the same. Um, and whether, so, yeah, so part of the argument is of going to Harvard is that they prepare you for, you know, being successful in life, but they don't yeah. prepare you any more than any other institution yeah isn't there a great quote by elon musk he's like you know i didn't go to harvard but a lot of people that worked for me did you know yeah <laughs> they were just interesting dinners and, oh, I, and not yeah, to take a, anything a, away from it it's not like these people are dumb like i learned i learned a lot in life by to, to sitting there and listening to, to uncle harvey absolutely yeah that's an amazing that's an education right there the yeah. fact that you got to sit there and, and be in that those circles and hear what was spun up in their world and their points of view and their hot topics, which were completely different than somebody probably, you know, 20 miles away. I think that's the really interesting and educational part of all that. So uh, it's just tuning into a different level of things because that's what you're surrounded by. Yeah, I guess, so I guess, to, I mean, to wrap it up, I think people can uh, get too tied up into the intellectual aspect of intelligence and, you know, they can write for, be a journalist for the New York Times. That doesn't mean they're wise. Like, they're... Not at all. They're, they, they say things very smart, but they don't... It's like University of Chicago's slogan is, well, that's all well and good in practice, but how does it work in theory? <laughs> yes <laughs> i've always liked that quote that's awesome yeah self-deprecating for them i guess it is it is pretty funny uh and it, this relates to our politicians a lot too i think i've i've worked in the realm somewhat and to varying degrees and my friends do as well and and when you talk to somebody from the outside they're like man those it must be cool to work for some of those really really smart people like that and i'm like who well, those politicians, I'm like, they're dumber than a sack of hammers. Like they were only smart enough to figure out how to get elected. And they talk about talking heads. Like, and they're like, are you serious? I'm like a thousand percent. Don't get me wrong. Some of them are pretty sharp cats, but most of them dumb as a box of hammers with all due apologies to hammers. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, talk about bullshitting your way into a deal, but it's just the perspective you have is like, oh, that's what some of our learned leaders. Mm, no, no, that's the sad part is they'd probably get lost in the paper bag. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Raleigh? Wisdom is earned. It's not learned. A rump. <clears throat> 
you, you kind of relates to our one from last week about experiences and bad decisions. And <laughs> I don't know, you know, I'd, I'd rather go sit and listen to some salty old timer that's been there and done that and can explain to you why those things happened when he went through them versus somebody who's regurgitating it out of a textbook and trying to get you to you know that you with i'd rather how do i say that gosh it's it's kind of it's on the tip of my tongue but i'd rather listen to somebody who who you can learn on how to think your way through things and not what to think. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot to be said for what you can learn outside of the walls of a school. Oh, um, especially these days. Yeah. I, it, it blows my mind every day. How I, I, I always kind of a weird dichotomy in my mind. Like we're surrounded by information, but we're all dumber than we've ever been ever. Uh, and we've got, every answer at your fingertip basically you know and if you want to go learn anything pick a topic pick a subject there's 18 million papers and 5,000 youtube videos and books and like like there's no like when you used to go to harvard you had to go there because they had shit there that nobody else had that you could learn seriously now it's everywhere like it's a complete the doors are blown open and yet we still choose to be just morons you know it's like why but i i I often ask myself if i was getting out of high school like right now would i pay to go to college and i man i don't know um you still probably need some of that gatekeeping if you're going to look for a traditional job where you have to show that i have a four-year degree but well yeah but look at the college look at the college experience you're getting right now. If you're going to college, you're not even in a classroom. You're sitting in front of a zoom meeting and. Oh yeah. Paying full tuition. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It, it's kind of a, I, Kelly and I actually had the conversation a while back. You know, if, if you had the opportunity to go to college right now and, and you had to sit at home anyways and do this stuff, at least for the, 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 the term of COVID, I don't think I'd want to enroll. I, I think the quality of education you're getting, you, you don't have the interaction with your peers. You don't have any of the things that, I mean, yeah, you, you're getting the, some of the fundamentals of what you're supposed to be learning, but you're, you're missing out on the entire college experience, which is half of the learning lesson of going. I mean, you're, the social interaction and the things that you take – are taking a part of them being in college and the life experience you're gaining from it, it's not there right now in my opinion yeah. But. yeah everything else is already in a book or on a youtube or somewhere yeah what, you know what i yeah i had some great classes that really intrigued me and i liked a lot in college but it was really about the social interaction and how to network and how to work with people and how to work with people you don't know uh you know meeting new people making your way through that like that's what college taught me or enhanced i suppose it's just that those skills and and i suppose to some degree you you learn how to learn also which is one of the the most tremendous skills you can have and what you always talk about you know now they try to teach you what you should learn instead of how yeah and um i i come back that 
what resonates with me in this is a scene from that movie goodwill hunting when oh, yeah the library when they're, when, yeah. when they're in the bar and he sits there and tells that guy he says you know that's great but you could have learned that for three dollars and some odd cents in late fees at the local public library yeah you know there there's that movie that's actually be a good movie for us to all go over because there's there's some really fun stuff with it but i think that the i i think that that little scene actually kind of exemplifies what you're getting to here i mean we you can you can be the smartest guy there is and still be a bricklayer out there that gets drunk with his buddies on the weekend and gets in bar fights and all kinds of trouble and you know i i i I relate to that i suppose but um there's (laughs) one of the smartest guys i know used to wear a big old floppy hat and pinstripe coveralls yeah you know um yeah And, and and it's i i i think we live in a in such a um a society where everything is about who you are, what you have, or instead of, and we're very judgmental and, and uh, very well identity politics, you know, everybody wants to identify and, and put a label on everything. And it's, it's sad because you'll walk right past someone you're judging to be a nobody. And he's probably leagues above you in intelligence. So. Yeah. And again, just because somebody thinks differently doesn't make either one of you right or wrong. That's the whole cool part. But I mean, some of the most intellectual stimulating conversations I've ever had is in the stag bar at the Elks Lodge on Friday afternoon at four o'clock talking <laughs> to fucking Dave Dallas and, and uh, you know, Goodwin and freaking, of course, uh, O'Rourke. Bob O'Rourke, man. Him and I would just go rounds and have a blast, you know, just uh, verbal sparring, if you will. Some of my favorite times. I want to know what the average median IQ level for those three men are. Cheese and rice, dude. Yeah, it's out there, you know. Yeah. When, when I'm hanging at the edge of the pool by the very tip of my fingers, just to get it. Yeah. And they're freaking still, you know, Dallas is and freaking good ones going off about nuclear shit. And Dave Dallas is. What is what was know. what was Goodwin's college degree in? I want to say nuclear physics or something along those yeah. lines, like just and, something and you'd goes, never ever guess. And he spends his day in a cat farming. Yeah, and he's, a, like, he's seriously. a wheat farmer. Yeah, that's why I said he had a big old floppy hat and he always wore pinstripe coveralls. Yeah, but one of the absolute smart and intelligent people. You know, I know him as O'Rourke, the the lawyer. Yeah, from like Milton Freewater or something. No, no he's Pendleton. A Pendleton, water oh, lawyer. Is he, um, is he yeah. a is he a Harvard law guy too? No. Honestly, I don't know where Bob went to school. He never the, brought it up. Corey, he's a Harvard Law. Right? Uh, yeah, Corey Byler. I, I thought he was Maybe. I don't know for sure. O'Rourke is retired, long, long since yeah. retired. And yeah. But uh, Dave Dallas was a genius. Yeah. Those yep. kids are smart right. kids, too. Yeah. He did yeah. good for his kids, too. But yeah. Just talking to O'Rourke, man. Some of my, all three of those maniacs, but Bob and I, especially, we had a, an, an interesting bond and uh some of my favorite talks for for absolute certain you know and uh just hanging on by a dear thread to keep up and it was the best time ever so and you you know you'd walk in like look at these old a-holes you know and uh some beautiful beautiful minds and people there for sure and you know rosie and ron and everybody else that all hung out with us too and blanc and the whole the whole crowd but you know wherever you wanted to take that conversation dude 
it was going to be epic. Yeah. So you just don't know. It, that's amazing. That's the beautiful part about meeting people. Um, and how, how do those guys act like uh, Dave and O'Rourke and Goodwin? Who's that? Were they, yeah. they weren't like education snobs by any means. They were. Uh-oh. No, <laughs> no, they weren't. Um, uh, they were the, quite the opposite, you know, quite the opposite. And, yeah. you know, and Dave, done, Dave made sure his kids all went to whatever college they basically wanted to or could get into. Uh, you know, it was really important to him that they go get their education and whatever they wanted to do. Um, that was, and he, and he did it, but yeah. Um, all three of those guys just down to earth, you, you know, you wouldn't pick them out of a lineup if your life depended on it. Um, but you couldn't pick a topic that they didn't know anything about. And, and you couldn't beat them in a beer drinking contest. <laughs> There's that too. Yeah. <laughs> it was good good times i mean those are three of my three of my absolute favorite people well everybody at stag bar on friday afternoons basically but including captain ron but uh yeah <laughs> yeah and rosie of course and blanc herb you had a herb you know so anyways uh no those those guys are that goes back to what rawls is talking about just sitting there and listening and learning from those guys uh I still kick myself for not doing the book I wanted to do about Bob. I was going to call it the Bob Rogue story. Let me tell you this about that, because uh, I'll promise you, if you took four years and spent them on tuition at any college in the United States, whichever it may be, and took four years of Friday afternoons at the Elks Club in Pendleton in bar tabs, you'd have a better education in a bar tab than you would at any college. You'd be way money ahead too, because you could buy around at the Elks for about six bucks. So, yep. <laughs> and yeah, I wish somebody would have told me what I just said when I was eighteen years old. No shit, Maynard. Yeah, like you come back. You know, if you talk about Terminator time, and I'm going to come back from the future, I'm going to tell you something. I'm like, now listen, boy, this is going to sound ridiculous, but here's what you're going to do. Okay, Friday yeah. afternoons about three o'clock, you're going to wander down to the Elks. You're going to listen to these guys' bullshit. You're going to buy around every every seven rounds. You're going to buy one of them, um, and you just write things down and remember it. And you're going to be okay. Yeah. If you got any questions, you ask because these guys will tell you. They might give you a little crap at first, but they're going to get you the answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was totally a bunch of smart men. Well, I have to, my my take on this is, I'm very fortunate that I grew up in a cult. And so you Catholic? Yeah. yeah. I have this oh. wonderful I have this wonderful Jesuit Benedictine foundation of my education. And mm, yeah. I believe that I was really taught in various stages of my life how to think. Mm-hmm. And I was encouraged to take philosophy classes and I was encouraged to take uh, learn really learn how to write well. And um, so I honestly think that with a Jesuit education, with a Benedictine education, that other than the connections, I was never, you never taught that you can't hold your own in any room. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, I have so no fear. Jesuits yeah. Are, yeah, the Jesuits, the saying with the Jesuits is send us your boys and we'll send you home men. And mm-hmm. uh, it seems like a cocky thing, but 
It's like um, the Scholastic Spartans, I, you know. <laughs> one of one of my the greatest values is the fact that I was exposed to that century-old teaching style that is basically the Socratic method, but um, there's no right or wrong. They just want to know how you thought through the situation. So you hypothesize, yeah. With yeah, with uh, the philosophy, like the Benedictine nuns that I uh, went to college with, they were so progressive that they hired an atheist to teach us philosophy because he was the best philosophy teacher they could find. And he was amazing. And they included him in the faculty as one of their own. And these were nuns. I were, I took political science from a nun that ran for governor of uh, Rapid City. She never <laughs> of South Dakota. And she didn't even think that it, she almost won. Yeah. And uh, so um, those times when I were was in those environments was unlike any other time I was in college. I learned a lot about networking and dealing with people when I was in other colleges. But when I was in the Catholic colleges, I learned how to think. That really sounds and, like a, they say, a benefits of a classical education. Yeah. You know, so I never, I think when you come out of that education, they never once tell you your education is subpar to this one. Mm -hmm. They said, we're sending you out of here with the very best possible education that you'll get anywhere in the world. And the Catholics have a pretty good track record as much as everybody hates them. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm fortunate about that. And When Joel was talking about the New York Times guy, I remember there's a really great book called The Tinder Bar, and it was a Pulitzer Prize winner. And uh, it was about an Irish guy that lived in the Boston area. And he did manage to become a New York Times writer. I think he either ended up going to Gonzaga or maybe Amherst. I'm not sure which one, but um, he had a huge drinking problem. He'd go home and tend to tin bar at his family's bar. Um, really sort of... Uh, lower middle class upbringing, but he, against all odds, na navigated his way through these Harvard and all these elite education type things and uh, managed to be one of the New York Times best writers. And then he wrote this beautiful memoir about it. And I don't really go for memoirs, but it's about one of the best memoirs I've ever read. And it's called The Tinder Bar. And so, but you've never had, I don't think in this day and age that somebody could accomplish what he accomplished. It's just not those channels that those channels of raising up through the ranks by working hard seem mm -hmm. to have been cut off for a lot of people. And I know that you can still do it, but that path is much harder now because I think that the, the classes and everything are stratified and there's more barriers to working through it. And I don't think except for like the few remaining Catholic schools they'll or like Hillsdale, they'll tell you here, we're sending you armed with everything you need to make it. But I think there's a certain stigma for kids now, not necessarily us that go through state schools and they're like, we're only qualified for this level of engagement. And you have to be a super exceller not to end up in a cubicle or, or become, and working for somebody for wages rather than being a uh, entrepreneur or something. So it's an interesting conversation. And I think wisdom is changing. 
and it'll be interesting to see 40 years what class of people were the wise ones <laughs> yeah that'll be far out right there be fun to see real fun to see wow well that deep. was more than <clears throat> that was a little more than junior wanted us to talk about but yeah i think he owes us double on that one son hey, of bocce yeah junior i'll take a bottle of gibson's for that hey, that seems fair shopkeep <laughs> do your part you little bastard yeah so uh that was great intellectual conversation that was uh that was beautiful that bob bob and dave and the boys would be proud of that one yeah so uh, Richard, I'm going to do a quick spot for uh, our good friends at B&K, and after that, we're going to go to your word of the week. So I hope you're ready. Um, I can tell by the look on your face that you are completely set and ready to go, as I have. I'm all. ready. I was ready. Unfortunately, when I searched, I lost it, but I'll get it back. Oh, I remember it. I'm good. Okay, write it down or whisper it to Joel or something. Yeah, so we'll... <laughs> The delay in your feed adds to the hilarity of that as well, just so you know. Yeah. So, but uh, hey, hey, gang, you know, time for some more words from our good friends at B&K. And, you know, and with the social distancing and nine masks and a anal swab uh, still in effect, you know, sometimes it's easier if you just got a part you need, you just call it in, pay over the phone and the good friends at B&K, they'll go pull it for you and have it ready for when you pull up there and pick it up directly. Um, I know for a fact, there's still somebody out there too that like to pull your own. And if you are one of those people, B&K can help you too. So if you wanna pull your own, just come on down for some good old fashioned American junkyard fun. And again, use promo code Reacher for discounts on your pulled parts. Uh, Joel, I think from your last week, you'd have a lot of discounts from all your pulled parts. And you also get a bump in scrap rates too. So the bigger the sale, the bigger the discount, promo code REACHER, or you can say Joel was home alone. Uh, either one gets you a discount at our good friends at B&K Auto. So stop in and tell them that you said hi. Tell them the REACHERS sent you. So they'll give you, they'll give you a free tube sock. Exactly. Yes. Found this at the back of an 88 El Camino. <laughs> so uh, it's all yours. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it's got like the orange stripes at the top. It's awesome. Yeah. So... Uh, that leads us right into our Far Reaches Word of the Week. This week, Richard's got it because they traded in with Joel from last week because it was more apropos, if you will. So, uh, Richard, are you ready to dazzle us with your Word of the Week? Hyperboil. Are you talking about hyperbole? That was my thought. Hyper what? Hyper hyper hyperboil. Boiled? Hyperbole? No, it's not hyperbole. Hyperbole. Hyperbole or hyperboil? Can you spell it for us? Oh, yeah. Give me a second. The, the delay is adding to our fun for sure. But uh, yeah. I know that word. I don't know what it means, though. I don't know what either one is. Yeah. I don't know if hyperboil is even a word. I know hyperbole is a word. And when I read the word hyperbole, I always think hyperbole too. That's why I knew that. H-Y-P-E-R-B-O-L-E. -E. Yeah, that's hyperbole. I think it's hyperbole. Uh, that's one of those words like facade whenever I, whenever I see the word facade, I always read it in my head as facade. 
You know why I'm saying it wrong? Because Scott Adams says it wrong. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh. The, the, the doctor guy? The double. So, so the word is hyperbole? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Micah, what's your take? It's sort of like... Um, like bullshit i guess or it's like surrounding like a bunch of fluff if you will in, in some regard I, that's how i have it in my mind i'm not sure Rolf? yeah i think it's like rhetoric rhetoric that's a great or, word yeah, or a, or rhetoric a great, yeah. great word is rhetoric yeah <laughs> i think i think this is hilarious because uh I think Scott Adams has been saying it wrong the whole time. I know what it means. I talk about it all the time. Can you, can you guys here, listen? I got it on the dictionary.com. Listen. Hyperbole. And an exaggeration. Yeah. Can you hear that? Hyperbole. Yeah. That's from the uh, merriamwebster.com. Acetate. Acetate. Hyperbole. Yeah. Extravagant. I like uh, how Bill Bill Burr always uses that tool in his podcast because he always says words wrong. Oh, he's the best, dude. <laughs> Bill Burr is <laughs> the best. Yeah. It's like acetate. Acetate. What were you saying, Rawls, before I interrupt you with Marion Webster's pronunciation? And it, I just always thought it was an exaggeration. Yeah, actually, it's one of the uh, definitions: extravagant exagger exaggeration, such as mile high ice cream cones. Uh, is one of their things. Elaboration, embellishment. Uh, yeah. I think we're all kind of right. I don't know. If, is rhetoric? I don't know. It's kind of, I guess. That's yeah, right. rhetoric. Okay. rhetoric. Yeah, I think that fits right in there too. Yeah. Um, outstanding word. What inspired that, Mr. Bradbury? Well, Scott Adams talks about it all the time. Like uh, how it's a a persuasion method like Donald Trump used it all the time and now that he's gone like uh, that AOC being almost dying in the Capitol when she wasn't actually in the Capitol yeah. is hyperbole so yeah because Trump was always like this is the greatest thing ever tremendous everything was the biggest the best the most and blah. yeah and the conver his conversation is always how you can't fact check it because you're just supposed to recognize it. Like, obviously, yeah. nobody, nobody, nobody believed AOC, but she used it as a persuasion tool. So, I mean, some people might, like, the, the doorstops believed it, but most everybody's like, you know, there's just a, there's a great, it, it, there might be a little nugget of truth to it, but it's probably not that bad door stops i love it that's amazing yeah yeah it's like a, like the example on the dictionary mile high ice cream cones you know like somebody's seriously these days they'd probably fact checked on facebook like ah uh, it was only a three and a half inch tall ice cream cone it was not a mile high you know um and that would be shut down probably because it was you know and exactly. when i heard and then when i heard people were wearing two masks i thought that has to be hyperbole or the anal swab yeah so yeah. really it's a how the hell do you know anymore precisely our point from earlier yes that's 
And, and that's the scariest part because now people are taking it upon themselves to sanitize everything to one point of view. That's all you need to think about and all you need to know when the exact opposite is what needs to be happening is throwing the doors open on both sides. So you get the actual information about what's going on and not the structured, I'm going to say the word bullshit. narrative. Yeah. Bullshit's also that too. Yeah. So hyperbole, hyperboil. Yeah. Good thing Rollins wearing pants. Yeah. Yeah. No, Alan. Stood up here to stretch out. Easy now. That's what she said. Yeah. So, loose knuckle in those sweatpants. Again, if you're not watching on the YouTube, you might pick this episode to kind of break it in. Yeah. So you can still listen if you don't want to, but every once in a while, you're going to want to just pick up the, the iPad or the TV or the phone and be like, what are those a-holes doing now? So uh yeah outstanding so uh that leads us to the next segment to talking about um i've sort of um since we've been switching around like movies and podcasts and uh books on tape and etc instead of like the movie of the week i'm just sort of calling it the entertainment spotlight is where we're at now and so i have uh in the rotation i believe good i have branding. the next thank good you br- good branding you. we'll have to get that uh somebody needs to sponsor the entertainment spotlight um so I have the next next week's entertainment spotlight, and I have a tremendous amount of thinking on this. Even mowing the yard today, I was thinking about what which way we should go, and not to piss off my people in the northern hemisphere. But yeah, it was eighty degrees today, and I mowed the yard during lunch. Um, so uh, I was talking about. I thought about going with a even like a uh, an album of a band I really like. I thought, man, I'm gonna save that for a while. And then I uh, inadvertently, you know, sometimes when you plug in your iPhone and it starts playing like random shit, like I haven't listened to that playlist in like 13 years. Plugged in my phone today and it started playing this audio book I have. And I was like, this is what we need to talk about. And it's uh, it's a book called Can't Hurt Me by uh, a guy named David Goggins. And it's uh, he's been on Jocko podcast. He's been on uh, definitely on Joe Rogan a couple times and he's uh, a retired Navy SEAL who went through a lot of stuff in his life uh, and ended up doing like ultra marathons and pull-up contests and he has got this outlook on life and his attitude is tremendous and so there's a lot of his stuff on YouTube videos about him. Um, I looked for the whole audiobook on YouTube. I couldn't find it anywhere on there but it's obviously on it's on Amazon. It's on audio. It's everywhere. It's one of the, the best-selling books in, in the past decade. Um, and it's, it's called David who? Goggins, G-O-G-G-I-N-S. And it's titled Can't Hurt Me. And when you hear about some of the things that this guy went through in his life and what he's done on the other side of that, um, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll damn near shut your trousers. It's an amazing read. It's If you can get the audio book, I really recommend it because the guy he wrote the book with actually narrates and reads the book and then he'll come in and a lot of times and they'll stop and kind of have like a mini podcast to talk about some of the stuff in the book and then they'll go on with the rest of the book and so uh, if you want to give yourself a gift get the audio version of the book and listen to it like that because it's really cool to hear his insight when they're writing the book and talk about um, things that are going on in the background they don't cover necessarily in the words but he talks about um, what was going on in the book and you know he's had he's had heart problems he's had all sorts of setbacks um, gone through a lot of trauma and stuff just to get 
to the military as it was, you know, and was one of the very first black seals, uh, black Navy seals, let me, let me uh, rephrase it that way. Um, so just challenge after challenge after challenge. And, uh, you know, there's some um, six minute videos of his stuff on YouTube where he's given interviews and uh, just tremendous, inspiring, great to listen to. So it was so cool for me. It's exactly what I needed to hear today uh, when I plugged in my phone and it randomly started playing like, and it wasn't like the beginning of the book. It was like chapter 17 somewhere. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's, that's can't hurt me. What the hell's going on? So yeah, it was inspired. So I hope you guys enjoy it. It's definitely one of my favorite books. Uh, one of my favorite people. And uh, if you can't get the book, just watch him on Rogan podcast. He's on there at least twice. Um, and there's, those are two hours a piece because it's just enthralling. So uh, highly recommended David Goggins can't hurt me. And I'll put a link, I think in the description um, for Amazon or something. When I put this up exclusively on audible. Say again, exclusively on audible. Uh, yeah, it is on Audible. You can get the hard copy on Kindle or hardcover or uh, exclusively on Audible. And then there's some excerpts on YouTube, obviously, as well. But uh, yeah, it's full five-star ranking, over 30,000 reviews um, on the, uh, the Audible slash Amazon. So it's $9.95 on Audible. Uh, skip a couple Starbucks this week and pick that up. You won't be disappointed at all so um I, I probably can't recommend much more than that so um so that's that's our entertainment spotlight for next week uh, can't hurt me by dave goggins which means i also have the duty and responsibility to pull the far reaches word of the week out of me arse so we'll figure that out uh, as we move forward also so you guys don't let me forget that and uh, that inspirational moment leads us right into our next segment of what we learned and again don't break your brain on this segment, guys. This is uh, just a little highlight. It could be that, you know, no matter how I tie my shoes, it's always right over left, left over right. Doesn't matter. Just give us something. Dear God, for the love of God, man, give us something that you learned. Richard's looking up to the sky for divine inspiration. Probably thinking back to third grade. Joel is, I don't want to say what Joel's doing right now. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll start with Joel, actually, about what we learned. I think this is a great place to jump off. Yeah, I mean, going back to what we were talking about earlier, and I, I had written this down before, um, where I don't think things are going to get better mm -hmm. without a significant life-changing level event for everybody. I was just like, I've kind of learned that uh, we got a very limited amount of time to get our shit together for me that means i guess saving up as much money as possible so that i can so that i'm not one of the the pores when shit hits the fan save as much money as you can buy something of value mm -hmm. and you like to say they can't take it away from you but they can they can take away your land they can do whatever they want i guess i don't know what the answer is just get enough and invest in bitcoin um and try to get out of the way. Just deep shit, Maynard. I'll say it. Yeah. I like it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Most humans are not capable of that. 
especially out of their own way. That's a what is that called? What's like survival of the fittest? So I was just gonna say separating the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, yeah if, you're, if you're not capable of getting yourself to, into a better, safe, safer place, then uh, maybe you weren't, you're not meant to go on to the next phase. Mm-hmm. You're going against a lot of recent uh, preachings and testimony that uh, everybody needs that. Nobody should be left behind. I say the world needs ditch diggers too. So thank you, Judge Mails. <laughs> Somebody's always going to need a hole. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying that everybody's got something you're good at. Find it. That's what I'm saying. Enjoy it. Find it. Own it. Be it. So, Rawls, what about you, my camouflaged friend? Uh, earlier this afternoon, I phoned my good friend, Coy Patterson, and we were talking about uh, the trials and tribulations of calving through snowstorms and cold <laughs> temperatures and both of us came up with the conclusion that we wouldn't rather be doing anything else and and uh it is hard as work as it is and and as much disgust you have at moments and it uh it's still a good life and it uh i can't think a whole lot else that i'd rather be doing than trudging through the shit storm of life as a rancher and uh enjoying it so there's a friend of mine on facebook his name uh, kelly woodworth and he was quoting somebody else but they were talking about ranching also and they said you know we work 14 hour days so we don't have to work eight hour days yep and that's that's exactly what that reminded me of yeah <laughs> i think it's, yep. it's it's absolutely perfect yeah so richard what about you my linkedin facebook Jailed friend. I think I, I wrote it this morning. The thing I mm, yeah. learned this morning, this week, and uh, I was in Klamath Marsh, which is beautiful. I don't know how many people have been there. You should go sometime during the Check spring. It out. Yeah, probably one of the most beautiful places on the west coast that nobody knows about. Um, but I was there with a couple they're not very old and i just been through all this stuff with getting in trouble for speaking my mind and got to thinking we're looking at this they're gonna buy they're, they're thinking about buying this beautiful piece of property very expensive and uh i was thinking i wonder if these guys ever let what other people say um deter them uh, i don't think so so i wrote this this morning that's what i learned I think the view is best for the people that were not to let other people use their own personal personal weaknesses against them. And that's what I see when I, what I learned this week is immediately people attack you at a very personal level to try and deter you from some sort of behavior that they don't agree with. And I th- and I think that deters a lot of people from doing what in their heart or in their gut they want to continue doing and that you can't you can't allow that tactic to work on you and you can feel bad about you might have done something bad you can feel bad about it but don't let them use that don't let them use the weaknesses of your personality against you to stop you because we all have holes in us like my dad said there's not a ranch 
a horse pickup or a woman that you're not going to be involved in that doesn't have some major hole in them. I mean, just the finding them and working with them is the thing. So we should all just recognize that we all have these personality flaws and that we need to not let people leverage those against us. And we can work on them, but if we get called on them, don't be deterred, go forward. So that, that's what I learned this week. And probably I knew it all the time, but I've never been able to put it into words. And uh, so I think it's becoming more and more important because this more and more of a tactic that people use to make other people comply. And as a race of people, people that live in America are not people that comply. And I think most everybody is going to experience a time when other people want them to comply and it's going to feel bad to them and it's going to feel foreign to them. And I think that they should uh, think about what those other people are doing to them and resist it and go forward and do what their gut tells them to do. Very inspirational. Um, I'd have one question for you. Could you repeat your dad's quote, please? Because as, as you might guess, your internet said during that time. And so uh, I know it's a great quote. I've heard it before. I need, we need to hear it again though. My dad has a theory. He says, every horse has a hole in it. Every ranch has a hole. Every pickup has a hole and every woman has a hole. And the trick is learning how to live around the hole. And that's, because you ride, if you ever ride horses, you know it's true. There's always one big problem with it. And that horse could be the greatest horse, but it's up to you to work around the hole. There's no such thing as a perfect horse. Same with ranches, same with almost anything that you make a long-term investment in. There's no perfect thing. You've got to, you have to work around the little flaw that it is. And that's what makes it beautiful. That's America right there. That's why I keep saying like, we're not perfect. We do have a hole in us, but man, it's the smallest hole out there you can find. And it's, it's, it's still pretty damn good, no matter what. And it's always going to be there. And we're going to have to, we need to keep learning how to work around it. I just, I'm glad you said that again, Richard, because it's just so true. And when you wrote that this morning, it hit me square in the eyes too. Um, again, that's the, I guess that leads into my thought about what I learned is, is, um, somewhat i don't know how to phrase it for sure but you know ne we never know how what we say or what we do impacts other people and so um always stay true to what you think you should say and it, it ties into what richard says because um sometimes people need to see that example they need to hear what you're going through or you're saying to realize where they need to go and what they need to do too um, and, it, I, and I didn't realize until I said it out loud how how well that ties to what you were saying about don't let people hold that against you. But it's not in my particular instance that I, I had some experiences with this week. It wasn't really for me. It ended up being on the backside, but it was really other people had gotten to a point that they needed to hear why I think what I did and why I do what I do. Um, and that sounds really cocky when I say it out loud, but it wasn't. It was just an example of Oftentimes we're doing stuff and we don't even realize, I don't anyways, what I'm doing or what impact it has on people. Um, and that's good and bad. And so I had some great conversations with some people said, hey, you know, um, you've always done this, this and this. And I want to know how you do that. And I, I was like, I, I didn't even realize that that's something I do. 
but uh, you know, this person in particular been trying to get a hold of me for like a week and a half because they wanted to ask me this question because they're at a point in their career in their life that they wanted to know how I went and did that. And I hadn't even realized I'd done it. But once we talked about it, we were on the phone for 45 minutes uh, talking about things that can help move that forward. So, you know, um, and you're stuck in your own little world and you got your head down, you're just doing your thing. Remember that there's other people that are looking to you, even though if you don't want them to, or you don't know that they are. Um, so be true to who you are and keep doing your thing. And, and, uh, that, that means a lot to both yourself, but there's folks around you that need that too. So, um, if that makes any sense at all, so be it. If not, well, that's what the reachers are all about. So yeah, you never make sense. Thank you. I'm consistent in it though. And that's what makes sense really overall. Yeah. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, which leads us, we actually have several spots, good mail this week too. I'm getting proud of the gang. Either I'm getting better at remembering the mail and writing it down in our little sheet here, or people are sending more feedback because I'm mentioning the mail. So I, I find the beginning of that circle, will you? So um, yeah, so this is not all that important, but a big D in Texas says, hey, asshole, the movie is margin call, not the big short, you dummy. Uh, both were good though. So, and I was like, that sort of goes against our original thought, you know, that people listen to podcasts for an average of 27 minutes. Um, my stupid statement was at the very, very end of the last podcast. And so I said, thank you for listening. Yeah. And so <laughs> that probably made him even more a little uh, irate. <laughs> this is from uh, Jake in Oregon. Hey, B and K should send you guys some cool hubcats and shit or something to hang on the wall as part of the sponsorship. And I was like, Absolutely. Great idea. And he says, make a shirt, something fancy, like maybe a Cadillac or an old wired wheel from a cool car. So yeah, B&K, uh, the people are speaking. We need some uh, fancy B&K shit in the background. So, you know, you got your, uh, you got your assignment. And uh, finally from Florida Cow Doc, really like the insight and conversation around the GameStop and what shorting the market is all about. Please keep up the great podcast. Um, so I wanted to pass that along too. Thank you much for your, uh, your insight that Mr. Joel and everybody else. It's well above my head. So uh, some great uh, diversity in our locations and our feedback. So um, we'll go with that. And then uh, I want to remind everybody, uh, we're still, we just kicked off our Far Reaches logo quest, if you will. I'll, I need to do a uh, live on that as well to remind people. But if you have any sort of artistic ability, or I guess should if you don't even uh, that might even be better. We maybe we need like a left-handed drawn crayon logo. That might be absolutely perfect for far reaches. Um, if you feel inspired, we'd encourage you to send in your uh, your submission for the far reaches logo. We'll certainly give you all the reckon recognition that we're able to, and probably some cool Richard. swag with that logo on it. Richard's downstairs working on his entry right now. That is outstanding. That's exactly what we need. Yeah. So if he is right-handed, put it in his left hand. And I think that'll take us to the next level. So is he, who was that wench this week who said like their seven-year-old did like the fucking Bob Ross like painting? Who was that? Was that um, Kim Kardashian or somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't her name Northwest? Is that the kid's name? I believe. The kid's name is Northwest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she held up like. Looks I, like I, I think I heard that's true, though. I think there's like. If it is, it's like true. it's a Bob Ross wet dream, if it is true. Um, it's quite <laughs> impressive. And so I think she's seven, if I'm not mistaken. But, anyways, it always, you always see that bullshit on, you know, 
Twitter, yeah. my three month old came up with his paper route money and said, Hey mom, you need this more than me for, you know, whatever. So if it is true, that's some really cool stuff. Congratulations. She should probably go to art college. If it's not, then what, what are you doing to that poor kid? Uh, I'm just going to say, why did I get on that tangent? But uh, anyways, Oh, the logo far reaches logo talented or not send it in. We'd love to see him. Um, again, if you have questions or concerns or comments, you can, uh, you can send that logo into far reaches podcast at gmail.com or reach out to any of us on the Facebook or the LinkedIn. If, if you want to find Richard, uh, or we have actually a far reaches Facebook page too, just solely dedicated to all things Reacher. So you can find us there as well. So, um, finally for our final segment of the week, the one that we all love and cherish and really like to talk about the most is the best thing of the week. And again, it could be something in the last five minutes or something that happened two seconds, uh, after we got off the last episode, but, uh, we're going to kick it off with Richard because he's looking all antsy in the pantsy. Richard, you have the best thing of the week there, good sir. You've had quite the week already, so impressive. Well, I'm extremely blessed. And uh, so I don't get to spend as much time at the ranch as Raleigh does because I'm doing the real estate thing. But what I do get to spend is a lot of time with uh, my son. And I don't have to, don't have to get going too early in the morning. And uh, he goes with me. We're going to go to Idaho, look at... Uh, some of the grass-fed cattle and crops and tour around some mucky mucks and he's going to go with me. And it's a, my mom said it's a lucky guy that gets to take his dog to work, but it's even a luckier guy that can haul his three-year-old around with him. And um, (laughs) part of it's my personality because I think if you're doing business, especially agriculture business, then you have, it's a good litmus test. If somebody's annoyed that you have a kid with them, you probably don't want to be in business with that person. And uh, so sure. my theory is uh, never trust anybody that has, doesn't have dog hair on their clothes. And anybody that gets ouchy about kids in meetings can pound sand. So I'm a lucky guy. And uh, I recognize that sort of probably privileged if you want to use the buzzwords. But yeah, I get to pack my three-year-old around with me. And uh, yeah, so that makes two or three days a week pretty pretty special. So. Anyways, that's the best thing in my week. That's the best thing of every week. But Way to come out of the gate and set in the bar there, you cornholer. Way to go. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, congratulations, but still look at Joel. He's like, fuck, what am I going to do to the top of that? <laughs> yes. Joel, you want to Google something or you, you got you got anything offhand you want to go with here, buddy? Yeah. I, was, <clears throat> I had five. <laughs> I, I, had, uh, I had five guys for lunch today. Oh. Pretty awesome. <laughs> Yes. Take that life-changing moment, cats in the cradle moment with your son. Yes. No, <laughs> that's a great five guys commercial. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I had five guys. Well, <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Son of mine. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who've never had the pleasure of dining at five guys. It, it'll cost you more than two lattes, but it is worth the trip. Yeah, um, quite bueno. So, well done, sir. Well done. Mr. Bigsby, what do you got up there for us there? Uh, uh, the gang? Oh, shucks. Uh, well, one of the best things of the week is my new copy of Range Magazine came Ooh. in. And uh, I'm sure most of us on here have 
picked up a copy of it. it uh, it's a great most, subscription. Most of us. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing New York City doesn't see a lot of Range Magazine, but I highly recommend they you should. One. You should yeah, subscribe we should to freaking it. fly over the B-52 and carpet bomb that place. But, yeah, oh, sorry. It's yeah. a, With it's Range a, Magazine, not, not regular bombs. Yeah, It's a well-written magazine. comes out, I think they have four issues a year. It's out of Carson City. Um, just kind of touches base with everything that's on the ground level of uh, ranching and in the industry that we're surrounded with. And uh, that right now is the best thing that I can come up with for today. And uh, I'm sure there's been better things, but uh, I can't compete with Richard on this one. So I'm just going to leave it there. Is there anything interesting in that magazine for somebody like me? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's is- great pictures, great stories about natural resources and, and uh, yeah. cattle and, um, I have to well, admit, I, I don't want... my subscription laps, and I'm I'm going to subscribe. About again two tonight. issues yeah. ago, they had a big uh, expose on George Soros, and mm. uh, which I mean, if you want to kind of hit the political end of it, but it really went in depth as to what George's history is and where he's at, what his agenda is with America, and I thought that was a pretty unique read for Range Magazine, but well worth the time to read it. So. Is CJ still doing that? Who's that? Hadley? Is it she's still running that? You know, I okay. think so. I haven't uh, looked at the credentials on it here lately. But... Yeah, did a great job. If nothing else, Joel, you'll like just, I mean, this is seriously, just the pictures alone are really, really good. And I'm full serious. As soon as yeah. we, we're wrapping this up, I'm I'm subscribing again tonight because I let it lapse and uh, I just love that magazine. Yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. get it too. Why not? I'm drunk. It, all, of our, all of our listeners out there, I, uh, highly recommend it to them as well because it's it uh you know if, if uh you can't find anything good on tv these days which is for sure it uh there's some fun articles and, and good reads for several days out of the month so. absolutely yeah it's it's great read goes uh you know the money that they raise goes to good places too so it's it's a cause worth supporting i yep. would say looks like so. it costs twenty dollars but for a year you should probably yeah. send him a hundred just in case. I would send yeah. extra. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get a subscription. Keep you can send, send me a, send me a gift subscription while you're at it. Okay, that's nice. So, um, so well, well said, Ross. I appreciate you bringing that up. I think that's a wonderful magazine and and uh, just a good reflection of what's going on too. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, oh, my best thing of the week is is again is it, it's a random deal. Um, but as many folks that know me or followed, I do tend to change jobs every once in a while. And some people accuse me of being a whore and I'm okay with that. Um, earlier this week though, I had a, you know, it's often the case. I had a headhunter contact me and, uh, you know, Hey, son, blah, 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 recruiting for this position, blah, 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 blah. And I was throw back. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm so, so happy where I'm at. Um, but if I think of anybody, you know, send them your way that's the right thing to do so i wrote her back and said that and 15 minutes later she sends me another one are you sure because it pays this and it's this and it's this and i'm like yeah i'm just really really happy where i'm at doing what i'm doing and then i can't thank you enough for following up and if i think of anybody i'll let you know and then i, and I was kind of about half pissed off and then i stopped and i'm like man that's just a really cool place to be that I don't even care about what they're talking about or what it pays. 
or anything else because I just loving what I'm doing and where I'm at. And so uh, it was that realization. And I hadn't woken up in the morning thinking like, ta-da, I'm loving what I'm doing. I, I'm pretty happy most of the time. But when I got done with that, I was like, son of a bitch. I'm really damn lucky and I love what I'm doing. And I actually even sent it to my boss and I'm like, dude, I just want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. And I'm not asking for more money. I'm not doing it. I just want to let you know that I appreciate what I have and I'm going to keep trying to work for you. And so uh, just a great realization and a good reminder that uh, sometimes what you have is exactly what you need and keep on, keep on keeping with it. So uh, it was an interesting realization and probably one of the best things in my week. What was a uh, percentage bump? That they were offering nah I, I don't even really remember man i didn't even really care <laughs> nice to be nice to get headhunted though it always is right, do yeah. it. always is nice yeah um it was like a 25 percent base probably jump joel but okay um, yeah we'll leave it at that something to think about nah didn't even cross my mind dude um okay. at all so i thought that was cool and then i've had also i'll, I'll take two i had some great just good, solid, open phone conversations with some longtime friends that I hadn't spoken to in a while from, from all over the place and just random conversations. But it's so kind of odd now, at least for me, to have just a phone call, uh, especially with somebody I haven't spoken to. And, and one of the guys I got to talk to, I haven't probably talked to him in over 10 years. Um, and it was a great conversation for quite a while. And then another person today that I talked to quite a bit, but we ended up an hour and a half about a lot of different stuff that we hadn't talked about for a long, long time. So those, those people on your mind, just give them a holler. Um, and if nothing else, just leave them a quirky voicemail, make them wonder what's going on. So since I took a couple, anybody else have any more? Um, it's always good to talk about the best things. Yeah, I do. Good. I, I, uh, I, I think you guys, I think I mentioned to you here in the last couple of weeks that I got a uh, night vision thermal scope and, and uh, I finally mm-hmm. got that all pieced together and got the right mounts for the gun and went out and sighted it in this week. And that's really, really fun being able to, <laughs> being able to see what you can't see. <laughs> that's a great coffee mug right there. I love seeing what I can't see. Yeah. yeah. That's outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's another America. Yeah, that's outstanding right there for sure. But do you yeah. just see animals out there in the distance playing or something? What are they doing? You can you it picks up thermal heat images, obviously, and yeah. Um, yeah. it picks up. Uh, it's like the predator, pick, man. Yeah, it picks up cattle that it, I'm picking up uh, heat signatures at over a thousand yards, but um, it, you mm. can clearly clearly identify them at four to five hundred yards, and so it's uh, it's pretty pretty fun little i'm actually really excited about it for calving because a lot of times up here even Mm. with our cow herd we're out at night because we get cold nights and snow and and you're picking them up off the ground drying them off and whatnot but you can uh, sit a long ways away and not disturb the cows and watch the progress and what they've got going on through the heat imaging so it's uh you can (laughs) kind of makes makes the nighttime job a little easier absolutely yeah not to mention that it's mounted on a really cool gun too. Well, there's that too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> if you accidentally shoot your, your cow, I can, I can well, trigger discipline, Mr. Joel. Trigger yeah. discipline. Yes. 
Your poor cows are probably like, what is that asshole up to now? Yeah, look at this yeah. fucking guy. Yeah, the neighbors <laughs> as well. He comes yeah. out and points a gun at me every single night. Thinks we. I'm trying to calf. I really am. Just quit pointing a gun at me. I can't perform under these conditions. I yeah. find this very threatening. Well, the the <laughs> freaking Looney Tunes, you know, when they think that Daffy Duck can lay a golden egg. Like, all right, duck, lay the egg. And he finally, like they're going to shoot him in the head finally lays an egg and it's a golden egg he's like there finally happy where are you going duck and they open up the door and there's like just stacks of egg cartons like you're not done yet yeah it's pretty funny <laughs> it, it, it it's low stress but it's not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's stuff going through my head about thermal that i'm just gonna leave right where it's at for the sake of everybody's safety too yeah not really safety, but anyways, yeah. For those of you who are driving right now, I want to keep you on the road, not in a ditch. So um, <laughs> I can't think of a better high point to end on than that. This has been one of our more chatty Cathy episodes uh, of the Far Reaches. And I think uh, if you've listened to this far, congratulations, you're a trooper. Uh, you might you might pull over and get some medication or some sort too, but we can't thank you enough for all the support we get for this random adventure. We got some more stuff coming out in the coming weeks and some some side ventures, I think, that will drag into this realm as well. Um, we they think it's a waste not to do more with this brain trust that's uh, here before you today. Um, some of you might question the validity of that. And, and as we might say here, you can go pound sand. So, uh, but keep your eyes and ears open. Um, questions, comments, concerns, always get them to us. Don't forget to subscribe and like and share. And uh, yeah, get those left-handed crayon drawings put up for us for the uh, logo. And we're going to have some cool swag put together when I get those logos out. So uh, we'll give you all the recognition that you deserve and, and need. But until then, we're going to go ahead and sign off for now. And don't forget to uh, to follow us on social media and send your request in. And until then, uh, just keep on reaching. How's that sound? That's a nice way to end, I think.